to the Hank Strange situation, lifestyles of the locked and loaded. Ring the bell so you can be notified. That's how you do it. We are live. Come on, let's see jazz hands. Come on, Tony. There we go. Tony Simon. <laughs> <laughs> the second is for everyone. What's up, 2A4E? Right? Also, Simon Says Train. He's our live guest tonight. So, um, you know, we're, we're going to get it on. I hope you guys have your big girl panties on. Let me see. Uh, this is episode, uh, I don't know. 363. 363. Yeah, thanks, Lola. Episode 363. <laughs> I don't know what I just did with, um, I just deleted. I had all of that here and I deleted it. There it goes. The second is for everyone with Tony Simon. What's going on, Tony? How's everything, man? <laughs> Everything's good, man. Yeah, I'm lost about my show notes too. I'm like, wait a minute, I write show notes for a reason. Yeah. Well, the o I only have one note. What is the show called today? <laughs> but I deleted it. <laughs> okay. So that Everything. happens. That happens. Everything's yeah. good. Lots of lots of changes going on with us. Um, we're growing. The second mm -hmm. is for everyone is reaching out. I was just in New York State um, at the Hudson Valley Friends of the NRA. Okay. Making connections there, working on getting a diversity shoot going in Rockland mm -hmm. at Rise, which is awesome. Great range there, brand new, looks good. But we're trying to get out there and reach people in another area, bring people together no matter what. We're working on something in Maryland this year and a couple of more in South Jersey. And of course, our home base, which is Gun for Higher Range in Woodland Park, that's where it all started. Yeah, and that's, that's where we That's Jersey, stopped. right? So, because you're based That's Jersey. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's Anthony Calandro, who it seems NRA members didn't deem awesome enough to actually be on the board of directors along with Adam Kraut. Yeah. Well, <sighs> that that whole NRA thing, man, is like uh, run by the mafia. Yeah, dude. I mean, so. they got to fix in like buddies believes. I, I, mm -hmm. I, I, they'll have to be destroyed before they wake up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're the 800-pound gorilla in the room, but understand there are 100 million gun owners and you only have 5 million members. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to wake I don't know if they're ever going to wake up. I mean, that's that's something interesting. To talk. We're going to talk about a bunch of stuff. It's Friday. You know, you're here. Everyone else is here. Walter's off in Kentucky uh, making ducats, as they call it. I don't even know if Walter's aware of what that means, but he's out there making, making bank. Walter's like, I don't duck hunt. Yeah, <laughs> at the uh, what is it? Knob Creek. He's at Knob Creek. So let me get let me give the shout outs to everyone, please, folks. Uh, you know, if you're not subscribed to the uh, Lifestyles of the Locked and Loaded here, that's where we do the podcast now. I think uh, I'm trying to remember when you, last time you were on, man. Uh, um, right before you started putting, right before Kevin started coming on, Kevin Dixie. Oh, okay. Right before Kevin, he was like the next week. Yeah, he was like the next week oh, after okay. I. Got oh, okay. Okay, did I meet Kevin through you? No, I think I met Kevin at a show, NRA or something like that. Yeah. Oh, Lola says you were last on January of 2018. Is that, I don't know. Okay. I have no idea, man. Me yeah, neither. I have no idea. Uh, Lola says episode 90, if anyone wants to go back and take a look. It's all a blur to me, man. Days run together yeah. at this point. Yeah, it's all a blur. It's uh, all a blur. So, I'll be at Kevin's event coming up in May. Uh, what, which, which, what event is he, uh, 
Kevin's going to have an industry day. It's a three-day event, uh, industry day, which he's going to have some people talking about how to set your brand up. He's going to have some people uh, train. He's going to train people on what? And then he's going to have instructor training on Sunday out near St. Louis. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think the last time he was on, he was talking about that, about the industry day thing. Yeah. Yeah, three days of training for 150 bucks. Plus, like a barbecue roast <laughs> on oh, okay. Saturday. I'm okay. like, yeah, he had me at roast on uh, pig roast. I was like, yeah. all right, cool. He's <laughs> like, this train too. I'm like, oh, cool. I'll bring a gun. <laughs> yeah, that that should that should be fun, man. Kevin's like, uh, it's like going to church, man. With, with Kevin, yeah. so you're gonna get we preached. So we had him on the show. And it was great because Kevin's very accommodating, but he was like, hey, I, I don't get off work till, not, you know, 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, call in, bro. Mm-hmm. We'll do 20 minutes and we'll be done. So two o'clock when we ended the show, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin did like 90 straight minutes of Kevin. Wow. And it was awesome. It's one of our highest rated shows. So, yeah. you know. Once he gets going, sure. man, you know, once he gets going. Sit back. You're gonna, have to, you're gonna have to trip him up or something, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, throw something at him to get him to stop. It's not easy. <laughs> it's nope. not, but he's he is always a good guest. So oh, great I guest. think Lola says we have him before NRA show, Lola. The before. Yeah, the Monday before before NRA. Are you gonna be at NRA? Yeah, I'm gonna be at NRA. It's gonna be long, dude. I'm gonna do NRA, and then like two days later is Kevin's event or something like that when I come back. And then I have some training with Chris Costa up in North Jersey that I'm gonna okay. be doing end of the month. So it's like, yeah. dang, Costa. <laughs> uh oh. Yeah, going in, going in. Okay, so and and I'm I'm recommending. I'm asking everyone, not recommending. Please smash the thumbs ups here. I'm gonna do some shout outs. Also, I want to remind everyone, somewhere down there below, Tony, you can see the Walther. Uh, I'm running it again because uh, you, I'm sure you brought some Gorn, but I've got some Gorn in this box right here. It has <laughs> Walther on it, so we'll talk about that. Uh, I might have two of them. Oh, two, two boxes came in. And Walther is our uh, one of our new podcast cast sponsors here, so we want to thank them for that. That helps... Uh, Keep the lights on, pay the bills around here, and all that kind of stuff, so we can bring. I mean, the noise. this isn't free for everyone to do. It's it's not free. No, no. As you know well, I'm sure. As you know well, oh. yeah. So let me do the shout outs to everyone, and then we'll get into this. We got a bunch of stuff to talk about. It's Friday. If you guys have stuff, we can we can get into that. I see Chris. Uh, Chris Williams is here. Pistol Packing Mama. Corey Williams is here. Michael Bender. SoCal Gunner. Also, Dan hates you. Jade Grew. Ridge Runner. The Archangel, Rob Avis, also in the chat. Uh, let's see, Lola's in the chat for some reason. I don't know what Lola's up to in the chat, but she's in there. Oh, she just went in to say hello. That's it. Uh, Randy Peacock, The Tavin Show. Uh, Tavin says, it's Friday. Do you know where your six-pack of beer is? Uh, still in the store. Still in the store. That's where, <laughs> that's where it is. Um, uh, Armament and Axes responds to that and says, I know where my bottle of whiskey is. So there you go. <laughs> it's beside my beer in the store. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Richard Hughes, uh, Chris Bullis, let's see. Brian Witt as well. He says, went to the creek. Shout out to Brian Witt um, of, of uh, Reflective Crete also. Reflective Crete. 
um, sponsoring the show this month. That's pretty awesome. And he's also in Kentucky. Has nothing. Reflective Crete has nothing to do with guns, in case you're thinking, Tony. I see your brain's uh, working there on it. You're thinking, like, is there a concrete gun or something I should know about? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not... Um, that's not what it is. It's uh, basically they do concrete, man. They do concrete uh, restoration and uh, color. You know all the fancy concrete stuff you see. That's what they do. And he's also a gun guy and wanted to support us this month. So we That's definitely awesome. want to thank him for that. Shout out to him. Uh, I, get, I, I guess he went to the creek. Hopefully he uh, ran into to our friend Walter Keller out there. Let's see. James Lawson. We run guns. Shout out to We Run Guns. Um, Dan Hates You gave us a couple of bucks. He says, Friday, I'm stuffing bills in big girl skivvies. Oh. There you go. Uh, I feel, <laughs> feel a little bit like a stripper. It's nice. <laughs> I didn't have to slide down pole or anything. <laughs> yeah, that pole can be rough. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> How do you know? Oh, okay. hey, I used to bounce in the strip club. Man. Oh, oh, uh-huh. <laughs> sure. What kind of Just bouncing bounce. did you do? Okay. What kind, of bouncing, <laughs> what kind of bouncing did you do at the strip club, Tony? Come on now. Nah, nah. I didn't have the legs for the other one. No making it clap? None of that stuff? No. No. <laughs> I'm significantly overweight. It claps on its own now. <laughs> oh, boy. You know, I mean, you could have been, there could be a lot of money in that. You know, you never know. I assumed that, and then I figured out if I start off nude... And I charge people to leave. I could make a lot more money. Really? <laughs> You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Richard Portella says jazz hands. Uh, let's see. Uh, CB's out there. Ridge Runner, Rafael Morales, Mr. FNH. Edward Andrews is out there. Shout out to him. Len Holt, David Cardinal, Simpson Road, Larry, the Armsmen, as well. Um, Randy Peacock, I think I said. Christian Grest. Also out there, let's see, Paul K. Ray Bazolo is out there. Hootie Who! We've got Mr. Hootie Who is hanging out in the uh, in the chat with us. Shout out to Mr. Hootie Who. He has a YouTube channel. I don't know if you're aware of uh, Mr. Hootie Who at all, but uh, he has yep. a pretty he has a good uh, channel. I saw him the other day. He does some ballistic stuff, and I saw him. What was he talking about? Uh, was it? Oh yeah, for for the 450 Bushmaster. Nice. Uh, this one is from Fort Scott, who also sponsors, yeah. you know, us for ammo. So, but he, oh. I think he was talking about some different stuff. So he does some cool tests and, and videos. If you guys haven't uh, checked out Mr. Hootie Who, please do. We're trying to get him to come on the show and talk to the folks out there. Um, hopefully we'll get that worked out soon, right, Lola? Okay. Yeah. Uh, you should check into Mr. Hootie Who. Simon. Mr. Hootie yeah. Who. Mr. Hootie. Yeah, it's uh, W-H-O-T-E-E-W-H-O. What it means, I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> I stopped trying to figure out stuff on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> hootie Who. Something like yeah, that. You know. I don't know. I don't know. Hootie Who. You got to say like you mean it. Hootie yeah. Who. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm sure it means something. But I don't know. <laughs> it sounds like a, what was that? What was it back in the day? 95 South and all those uh, guys that did, um, what was that song? Uh, who Let the Dogs Out? Oh, Who Let the Dogs Out? Oh, okay. I think that's what, or whatever. Uh, they, they would just no, wait, scream who out. Let, who Let the Dogs Out? Oh, Wasn't that, um, that was some Caribbean dudes. 
Okay, who was the who's ninety five South? Which summer hit did they have that I can't remember right now? Oh my gosh. Uh, okay, someone's gonna have to look that up. There it is. Whoop, oh, whoop, there, there it is. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was like, what does that even? Is it hoot? Is it whoop? <laughs> like it's hoot, hoot. Yeah, I just okay. One of the things I remember from uh, I think it was back then in those times from the Rooter to the Tudor. See, I was living. I was living in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Don't choke. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make us have to get emergency services for you. <laughs> Tony's choking somewhere in New Jersey. Great. Yeah. yeah, like we don't know. Drive around, <laughs> you know. But you remember that, right? From the Rooter to the Tutor? Yep, Rooter to the Tutor. Yeah, I was like, I had to look. That. I was like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> yeah. My family in the South, so I knew what that oh, meant. Oh, you knew? Oh, okay, okay. Right. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea. But uh, so I'm... My uh, recollection of that is like with the pig, you eat everything from the yep. rooter to the tutor. So from the mouth to the butt, basically. Everything. Yeah, yeah. So that's what it means. On the pig is edible, supposedly. Yeah, yeah. So it's mm, a good policy. I don't eat pork personally, so yeah, okay. that's just my thing. Um, why do you need to know is out there. He says, good evening. Uh <laughs> Uh, hey, would you blow me? That's that's one of my nice. one of the, the people that comes in the chat. Hey, would you blow me? Doesn't no secret meetings to that at, at all. Mm-mm. You know, first name Haywood, last name Jablomi. Haywood, <laughs> <laughs> last name, useful spelling, yeah. no problem. Glock Fun Zero One is out there. Uh, let me see who else. Oh boy, uh, I think I say K Rock. Uh, he says K Rock says it's. Uh, Collusion? Is it collusion if I'm drinking Russian vodka? Nice. Yeah, Lola likes that for some reason. Lola is a vodka drinker, obviously. No. Really? Don't lie. Yeah, yeah. She's a drinker. Period. My wife is too. She loves vodka. That's her drink because it doesn't stink or make her sick. Yeah, yeah. Lots of ladies like uh, vodka. I guess that's what Lola used to do: go to the clubs, and and get vodka. Yeah. Yeah, she says until I trapped her. I don't know if anyone heard that. So, nice. Yeah, I was never a club kind of, you know. Um, I would always pick her up after the club because unlike a lot of those dudes in the club that spent all their paycheck, you know, getting like uh, brand new clothes and stuff like that, I had my own car and my own apartment. See, that's that's what that's all it takes right there, man. Just a little note to the young men out there, you know. You want to know what to do. Get your own apartment. Get your own ride. You be all right. No no self-respecting woman sneaks past your mama's room. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Don't wake my mama up. Yeah, yeah. And my mother was not nice. So that, that definitely uh, that definitely would have not worked. Does Tony have kids? Oh. Yeah. Lola wants to know if you have kids. Go ahead. What are you saying? Not that I know, not that I know of. Oh, he says not that he knows of. You are married, though, right? Yes, yes. My wife is awesome. Uh, it was funny. When we were in Louisville for the NRA, mm-hmm. my wife says, hey, listen, when you come back, uh, stop by the store and pick up some rum. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm like, hey, we're in Louisville, Kentucky, like home of bourbon. She said, bourbon tastes like medicine. I don't want it. Bring home some <laughs> Listen, <laughs> when your woman is telling you to bring alcohol, don't ask questions. <laughs> don't it ask, is. Yeah, don't ask questions. Go to the liquor store and get what the woman told you, man. 
Oh, dude, dude. I, I showed up with a big two liter bottle of Coke and some Captain Morgan. There you go, baby. Yeah. I love you. Yeah, exactly. See, I don't, I don't drink either. I'm a lightweight, and in, in when it comes to that, I, I, I don't drink either. But if Lola wants to get drunk, I'm like, okay, good. That works for me. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Water, and for the most part, I, I drink occasionally, but not enough to ever call it drinking. Okay. <laughs> it's like Tony had a drink at a wedding. You know what I mean? When they toasted the bride, I had a drink. A random day in the summer when it was what, really hot. What I does it do to you? Does it? How does it? Nothing. It doesn't. That's that's the thing. Or you know, if I imbibe too much, I get a buzz. But I'm not a dude that likes to drink in public because of my size. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to be. Uh, you know, I mean, I was in the Marine Corps. I used to bounce at the clubs, and mm-hmm. usually oh. somebody gets a little bigger in them. They want to go after the big dude. Yeah. So I want to be off kilter if something happened. Yeah. So yeah, where I conduct myself. Right, right, right. Now, when you now, Tony, the honestly, when you I saw pictures of you in the Marine Corps, man. That was like four or five other dudes ago. When you when you're in the Marine Corps, you were skinny. I, I don't know. Do you have pictures? I don't know if there's a way. Every every fat dude has pictures of when he was skinny. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Where's your pictures of when you're in the Marine Corps? Where is that? Oh, they're on they're on my Instagram. You know, it's Simon. on your Instagram. Okay, hey, you can go. My yeah. picture, Fred. I remember. Camp. I remember you showing it to me. I was like, "Who is that dude?" Oh yeah, <laughs> I had. I showed it to a girl at work, and she was like, "Ooh, is that your son? He's cute." I'm like, "You have fun." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I weighed. Uh, I played football in high school, lifted weights. You know, that whole thing. I went to boot camp at 235 pounds, um, running oh. three miles in 24 minutes. Wow. So I, okay. So when you went to boot camp, you were big. Yeah, I mean, I was I was the uh, offensive guard, <clears throat> defensive. Uh, excuse me. Yeah, offensive guard, defensive tackle on the team. Plus, I played special teams. So yeah, I was a big dude. You know, wow. bench press, squatting, deadlifting, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what our coach made us do. Mm-hmm. She coached Paul Moore. He he passed away last year. Oh, but yeah, okay. he did work out. out. Yeah, um, just that mean coach, that stereotypical mean coach with a big heart. Uh, that you see in some of the movies, he was him. Uh, and um, so I was in shape. You know, when we did the PFT, I was running, you know, the physical fitness test. When you go in, I ran three miles in 24 minutes. I was able to do the sit-ups like they wanted. I think I was able to do 100 sit-ups in two minutes or something like that. Yeah. Hold on. I'm going to pop so, this. I'm going to pop this up here real uh-oh. quick here. Boom. There's a picture of you in the Marine Corps. <laughs> That's a little baby. That's That's baby. How old are you, man? That's like seventeen. Yes, sir. Oh goodness gracious! That's a little. That's a little baby. So we um. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, Semper Fi, right there, man. I graduated at one hundred and thirty-five pounds, so I lost one hundred and ten pounds in months. Wow. So I get out, and I'm like. I'm a funny guy. People laugh at a 200 plus pound dude when he makes a joke about him. Mm-hmm. When you weigh 125, 135 pounds, they figure they can beat your ass and they don't have to laugh at themselves. <laughs> Wait back up. <laughs> so I hit the gym for five years. Okay. And I got out of the Marine Corps at the same weight I went in, but at like 235 with a 32 inch waist. So that's what I came out. I was bouncing in clubs and stuff. And then I got my job that I currently have, or at least my occupation, which is locksmith. Okay. Started doing that thing. So I'd work security when I was in the Corps. I worked personal protection when I was in the Corps. 
And most people think, you know, I lock myself out of my car. That's what a locksmith does. No, I design security systems for Fortune 50 countries, companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also opened your car and I also design stuff for local businesses. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 a lot more than people think. And that's what I did. Mm-hmm. And I work for uh department of corrections doing the exact same thing. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say locksmith and men. Uh, um, that's, that's, that's an interesting one. That's an interesting one. Yeah. You know? So do you have your own business doing the locksmith thing or? No, I work for the state. Oh, okay. I work for the state. Um, oh, okay. and it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Working where it's just a lot of adventure, a lot of different locks, a lot of thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, good guys that work with me now and uh, teaching them. And it's funny because they're young guys. Mm-hmm. And I remember I've been doing this career longer than they've been alive. Mm-hmm. And man, it's frustrating something. I'm like, when did this happen? When, when <laughs> oh, man. Oh, but, it happens to everyone. Here, I'm going to show a little bit more of your thing. Okay, uh, this is your Instagram for anyone who wants to do it. It's Tony Simon. Simon Says Train. That's um, is that is that the only one that you have, Simon Says Train? Yeah, that's the only one I have. Okay. I'm trying to figure out how to... Yeah, all you guys that are on... Um, all you guys that are on Instagram, go over there and check that out. You know, check out Simon Says Train. Lots of cool pictures in there from what I see. I'm yeah, I, I, try, I try to do a lot of different things, um, Second Amendment related. Uh, try to put pictures up of cool guns. Try to promote people that are doing good Second Amendment work. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anthony Landro, of course, owner of Gun for Hire. Great guy. CNJFO is um, trying to get concealed carry in New Jersey. Awesome group. Mm-hmm. They do a lot of to actually get people to interact socially, mm-hmm. which I think is an important part of what we do. It's just not gun stuff. They just had a like pizza and wing dinner uh, Wednesday mm-hmm. just to invite people out and talk about what they do. Um, they had a pheasant. They have a pheasant hunt coming up. They had a hog hunt earlier in the year, also to get gun owners that hunt or do whatever off their butts and start using their firearms. Mm-hmm. So now it's part of your routine. Your gun is a thing, not that thing your granddad gave you that's in the closet collecting dust and you don't care about firearms legislation. Right, right. A thing you use to shoot clays with these guys you had a great time with and you don't want anyone taking it away. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Uh, by the way, Hootie Who says I used to bounce for extra cash. So I'm not sure what bouncing, if he's talking about the same bouncing you were doing or <laughs> if the other bouncing that it, it maybe, you know, could be that. I don't know. I don't know. I just judge. Yeah. But we uh, actually split the tips with the girls at the end of the night. Oh, really? But okay. Yeah, we'd take care of them. We'd have to make sure the lot was clean, as in no one stalking them. Mm-hmm. So we'd have to do that, maybe even cruise down the road a bit and see if anybody was, like, hiding in the bushes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where, uh, and where was this? Where, where did you do this? This was right outside of Jacksonville, North Carolina. Oh, okay. I actually was in Jacksonville, North Carolina while I was in the Corps. Oh, okay. And, of course, leave it up to the Marine Corps to suck all the fun out of everything. They made the club I was working at off limits. Oh. <laughs> it's like, hey, dude, you uh. suck. <laughs> yeah, okay, Simpson Road Larry says Tony is a big boy and he has a better beard than Hank. Well, I mean, you know. <laughs> and mine is in training. Mine is in training. I'm trying to get, you know, it takes time. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Lola, people can hear. You know what, Lola? You're going to have to go to another, uh, to another room. Don't be the peanut gallery over there. 
I like yeah. the peanut gallery. Yeah. Long <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was fun. Okay, let's see. Um, we've I, I, there's a, probably a bunch of stuff that we need to get into here. Um, what do you know? What have you been up to since the last time, man? I, obviously, I know you've got um, you've got the podcast and uh, a, a bunch of different things going on. I see you all the time on LinkedIn, actually. Yeah. I decided to make LinkedIn just another social media mm -hmm. that I use because we never know what happens with Facebook or something. So mm -hmm. I just want people to be able to track us. So when I host the second is for everyone diversity shoots, I want to be able to uh, have dates out there for people to see. So it'll be on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. um, I, I wrote article for USCCA magazine um, that I put on LinkedIn. Uh, Beth Alcazar actually just put out another article about us like last week mm -hmm. uh, on US, USCCA, which is what? USConcealedCarry.com. Uh, mm -hmm. So that was awesome. I host the diversity shoots, which we do every couple of months. I also host something called the Minuteman Challenge. It's a uh, shooting competition, but really friendly shooting competition, okay. low bar entry, uh, your gun, two mags, 200 rounds, come on out, have some fun, meet some new people, shoot some targets, okay. no pressure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's again, to get people coming out and shooting their guns. Mm -hmm. Then we also have, um, I volunteer for teaching kids to shoot. I volunteer once a year at NRA day. Um, been doing it for the last three years. It's really awesome. And, of course, I fight New Jersey's draconian <laughs> laws, and I try to recruit people into the Second Amendment from every background. Mm -hmm. So that's what diversity shoots do. Mm -hmm. So if you're gay, you're black, you're eight, I don't care what you are. I don't care your gender, race, sexual orientation, or political background. Mm -hmm. You could be as liberal or as, as conservative as you want, but when you come to our event, we're talking about the Second Amendment and the Second Amendment only. Um I've had some people invite themselves that are politicians to my event, and I threw them out. Really? Because I don't support. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No politicians. Yeah. Oh, oh. dude. New Jersey SafeCon, the Second Amendment edu Firearms Educational Conference that we have in Jersey once a year. Mm -hmm. It's the only one we've ever had. This politician was there. This politician has met me three different occasions. Let's just say at six foot two and five hundred pounds, you probably remember me. Mm -hmm. he stood a foot away introduced himself to me for the third time I said hey how you doing mm -hmm. and a week later he shows up at my event he'd shared my event told people come to my event mm -hmm. to hear his stance on the second amendment oh he's setting you up so that he could uh, like knock you down yeah. kind of a thing and I, I have no himself. idea okay I, I just was like, no, you can't come in. I was like, nobody can come in. I don't support any particular politician, and I won't have you come here grandstanding in my event. Um, you could have spoken to me last week, and I asked him to leave. And when you say why, it's because I don't trust either party. Mm -hmm. I leave it up to you, and I say it continually on my show. You have to investigate who runs. Mm -hmm. You have to investigate the politician representing you and don't play party politics because Republicans will stab you in the back just as quick as Democrats. Mm -hmm. yeah. And they're responsible for some of the policies that put, were put out. Hells yeah. So hold them accountable. Yeah. Hells nope. yeah. So you don't know what party affiliation he was? Oh, I know exactly what a party. I'm just leaving it alone. Okay. Right. <laughs> I'm just saying regardless of the party affiliation, yeah. he was going to get the Steve Ho. Mm -hmm. And he did. 
Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and of course, our podcast, the 2A4E podcast, is available on iTunes, Skype. Yeah. I think you're I mean, part of Skype, the Firearms I, Radio Network, right? That's what a Gun and Gear Review, Gun and Gear Review podcast oh, I'm on. Okay. 2A4E podcast is mm-hmm. just me on my own. Okay. So I, I find my own sponsors and do all that. And okay. Everything I say is my fault. <laughs> that's why I don't do it on uh, uh, Gun and Gear and Firearms Radio Network. I'm not on their dime. You know what I'm saying? Okay, understood, understood. Brian Quick gave us five bucks. He says, uh, Friday night shenanigans, CZs are for hipsters. Prove me wrong. Okay, that's his, that's his statement. And Hootie Who says he needs to add us to LinkedIn. Um, yeah, definitely. You know what? Are you surprised by how many gun people are on LinkedIn? Because there are a lot. There are a lot, a lot, especially in the industry. There's a bunch yeah, of gun people. Yeah, um, I went through and I actually looked for gun people in the beginning just to network mm-hmm. and, and just regular guys were hitting me up and I'm like, why well, is a plumber or, or like a concrete guy? What, what if these guys have, and you know what? I'm going to friend them, frigate. Mm-hmm. I'm just getting word out there. And all of a sudden they were contributing more to my page, you know, like answering stuff and saying what's up and sharing my stuff more than the industry people did. And I'm like, Hey, just bring everybody. Come on by. I'll friend you. <laughs> Yeah. You know what it is? It's that, you know, there's lots of folks that believe in the Second Amendment that are gun guys, but they have to have a regular job. (laughs) You know, that's how it works. You know, so they have regular jobs and they're out there, but they do support the Second Amendment. They do support us. They look at someone's looking at the videos and people forget that all the time. Um, And those people are out there. So I really haven't seen uh, LinkedIn crack down on anyone, but who knows? Maybe at some point that'll kick in. I don't know. Every now and again, I'll have somebody go, this is LinkedIn and not Facebook when I post something. Keep it professional. And I'm yeah. like, well, this is my profession. Yeah, this Maybe. is what we do. Yeah, yeah. if you'd read what I do, you'd know this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I haven't even seen any of those. Okay, let's see. I'm going to try to get to some stuff that's coming in here. Um, okay, Kathleen Music Lover wants to know if you have a favorite pistol. So we can do that one. Um, do you have a favorite pistol? Yeah, CZ75. <laughs> all right that's and easy uh, ooh very nice hold on let me uh blow this up right here boom what are we looking at is it smith and wesson i don't know it's moving 686 686 oh smith and wesson shiny and i had the work done by patriot gun polishing down in florida oh. i told him and i was like hey um can you do one of your jobs. If you ever watched uh, Yankee Marshall and he made his pimp gun, mm-hmm. that he was going to make it all hold pretty. It right, wait, wait, move it. Oh, oh, put the gun up. up again. Okay, move it. To, right okay, there? right there. Hold it right there. Okay, yep. good. All right, I see it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, just mess it with you. <laughs> this is not a safe queen. This is actually used Shoot in it. my diversity shoots. Yep. Okay. This yeah, is that's a nice finish on there. Oh, <laughs> uh, they polished the heck out of it. It was stainless. Um, this is two years of shooting it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, awesome, awesome work. He was a former. He okay, was so a, that's two years since you got it polished. Yep. Oh, good. Two years of use at events, two years of shooting 38 special ammo mostly. Mm-hmm. And the thing is dead accurate. Um, my FFL used to compete in those uh, PCC leagues, which is the police revolver shooting leagues. They mm-hmm. shoot you know, old school, one handed, 50 yards. Mm-hmm. He tuned my trigger up. I was doing hostage shots one day at 100 yards, shot the hostage taker in the forehead at 100 yards with a 38 wad cutter. Wow. 
dumped all of my, <laughs> emptied the gun, put it back in the case, pulled my target, and went home. <laughs> I can't do better than that. <laughs> Understood. I mean, that's badass. That's pretty badass. Okay, let's see. We got a couple more things going on here. Uh, Kathleen Music Lover says, uh, Tony is in New Jersey. Uh, yikes. Behind enemy lines, she says. And Special K says, I wish I met Tony in New Jersey before I moved to Florida. Thank goodness you got out and got to Florida. Yeah, yeah, I know. We've we've had that conversation before about Jersey. Um, are you ever planning on... I'm, I'm glad that you're up there fighting, by the way. And I think that we need to support uh, folks who are staying in places like New York and New Jersey uh, and fighting for the Second Amendment because ultimately someone has to fight for it. But it's not an easy thing, man, because you get to see the rest of us doing some, some stuff that you can't do. I know that gets... That probably gets old. <laughs> and it was really annoying when they decided on their own to go from 15 to 10 rounds. So now you wiped out my CZ. You know what I mean? Now I have to buy $55 10-round magazines. Mm -hmm. um, I had to purchase all new mags for my Glock 19. All my 15-rounders are gone for my AR. So now, uh, luckily, Mission First Tactical came through and donated some 10-rounders so I could actually take the ARs to, you know, diversity shoots. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to get worse. And I'm trying to wake up the one million Jersey gun owners and make them aware of what's going on and tell them they need to be politically active. Mm -hmm. You can't let this ride. And still at the ranges, I'm hearing guys going, no one's coming for your guns. You still have your gun, right? And I'm like, yeah, you still have your gun. It started out with a, as many bullets as you want. Now you're down to 10. When are you going to realize they're coming for your gun incrementally? Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely, and um, and they're modeling what they they're modeling what they want to do off of other places. So if you look uh -huh. at New Zealand, that'll give you a clue right there of what's going on. Uh, Mubut says, "I'm used to seeing Tony on Thursday nights." <laughs> so um, that's that. Mubut's always here. I'm, I'm guessing he's checking out your stuff as well. Um, oh, Thursday nights, I'm on um, Never Enough Ammo. He has a uh, diversity panel. Oh really? Never enough ammo has a diversity panel. Really? What is yeah, that? he does that on. He brings in people from just everywhere. Most oh, okay. of them are on his channel as guests, but he brings us on and just talks about anything. Um, and most of us agree because when it comes to politics, most people are right down the middle for the mm -hmm. most part. Mm -hmm. But we love shoving ourselves and others in the boxes. Oh, right. you're a Democrat, so you must believe this, and you're a Republican, or you're conservative. I'm like, no. Mm -hmm. Why don't you talk about what you believe in and don't give it any party affiliation and mm -hmm. watch somebody go, wow, we're all here for the most part. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's important to show people that. Um, Pixamite says that's one slick 686, so uh, a ton of thumbs ups from him. Please, everyone out there, smash the thumbs. We appreciate it if you could do it, you know. There we go. Boom. Smash those thumbs. Okay, so we're talking about... Um, uh, we're talking about uh, diversity and stuff like that, man. What do you think about? I guess I made a couple of waves uh, a week or so ago. But what do you think about that in the industry? What's your take on it? Well, my take on it is no, I don't. I mean, those guys are just YouTubers with big numbers. So John put it together, but John's a friend of mine. Um, I know John. Actually, my podcast, one of the parts of my podcast is a mad minute. John and I discussed putting that on TGC back in the day. Mm -hmm. uh, and I decided just to put it in my podcast because John was taking off with TGC. They had like maybe 50,000 subscribers then. 
And I didn't want to off if if my thing, which was brand new at the time, didn't work out. I didn't want it to be a detriment to him. So I put it on my own podcast to give it legs to work the kinks out. And if it worked out great, you know, I could bring it to him and show him his success. So but he was real cool with me. I know Tim. I know uh, 22 Plinkster. Mm -hmm. Uh, 22 Plinkster helped me out a lot with Henry and us getting um, actually Henry donating firearms to us Mm and what we do. So, yeah, it's all a bunch of people with 500,000 subs or above. Yeah. And they get together for that YouTube thing. And, you know, I know Maj, I know Kevin, and I'm like, it's not about you guys or us. I think it's just one on numbers and popularity, and that's what the panel's about. And friends of his that he already knows. Doesn't stop, you know, anything else we do or want to do. It's not going to stop Maj from doing Black Guns Matter or Kevin from doing... um, Aiming for the truth, and it's not going to stop me from doing what I do. Hopefully, I get enough subscribers to get on that panel one day. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> up, up from three digits to six or ten. What did digits. you say? Did you say there's a number that you have to you have to reach? I, I, I was looking at who's on there, and I'm looking mm-hmm. at how many subscribers they had, and mm-hmm. I mean, it's like half a million and up. Oh, I don't have that. Okay, good luck with that one. <laughs> nah, I don't have that. Sorry, I'm a yeah, fat, fat middle aged dude talking about guns. <laughs> I got uh, cleavage. It ain't gonna help. I ain't a gun bunny. Yeah. Well, you know what? Yeah, that's not. Listen. First of all, to get those kind of numbers and in, in, um, with what's going on with YouTube and everything, that's actually a big uh, accomplishment. So, congratulations to everyone that can make that happen. That's uh, you know that's pretty badass. To be honest with you. Okay. Uh, the, bo- the boss or D boss says most black people support the Second Amendment. I don't know where they get these people on TV. Um, I think that's true. What do you think about that? I think it is true that a lot. I, I don't. I don't know if we could say most, but I think definitely a lot of black people in America and around the world, you know. But we're talking about America specifically with the Second Amendment. They support that. I think that I it's it. not reflected. It's not reflected in media, obviously. Well, I see it as regional. That's what I've discovered. For coming from Virginia. Mm-hmm. We own guns. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like it was a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I moved to Jersey, and a lot of people don't. And they'd been taught their whole life. And this is people of color. Okay. been taught their whole life that owning a gun is wrong. Only thugs and cops own it. And I'm sitting here, like, having an out-of-body experience going, what are you people talking about? Everybody yeah. has a gun where I come from. Yeah. And a legal firearm, you know what I mean? There's no well, so that's what, that's what I was going to say to you. I, I grew up in New York, and uh, lots of brothers and sisters in New York believe in guns. Now, the question, whether or not it's legal, that's the issue. But you know what? Um, here's, here's the thing to think about in all of this. I think there's a lot of people that don't realize. You you just said it, like, and Lola had that opinion when uh, we first got into this stuff that she always thought that guns were for the cops or the bad guys. Um, and that's a misconception that people have out there that maybe we should change because it's not. And, and, and what I mean by that, there's lots of good people, hardworking people that have guns because they want to protect themselves. They're getting home late at night or whatever it is. They've been mugged a couple of times, raped, or people attempted to rape them. Um, you know, there's lots of things going on like that. We were just talking about, um, I think yesterday we were, I don't know. I think we had that conversation yesterday, but it was in the news. There was, um, there's, there was a project in St. Louis that they weren't allowing people to have guns in there if they were living in the projects. And there was a a woman that fought back against that and got a ruling to reverse it, you know? Mm -hmm. So people want to protect and defend themselves 
they don't know that they could do it legally. And because they don't know that, they're running the risk of winding up in jail, getting uh, felonies, criminal records, and all that kind of stuff. Because ultimately, we all believe that we somehow have to protect ourselves. You should. I mean, there have been Supreme Court rulings pretty much saying you can't depend on the police to protect you. You're on your own. Yeah, they so, have no they have no obligation to protect you. Yeah. So you need yeah. to act accordingly. You have to watch your own back. You have to form your neighborhood. watch, know who's in your neighborhood, all that good stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And also now as a locksmith and a security professional, because that's what I am, I teach a course called home hardening. Mm-hmm. And I try to instruct people, listen, your home starts at the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. All right. So if you can afford it, put up a fence. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even have to be a big fence, but it's a fence. FBI studies say once you get a fence up, you're 80% less likely to be broken into. Mm-hmm. Mainly because you're funneling someone to the front door that will be real well lit. They, they can't just jump over. Most people mentally won't jump over the fence. Mm-hmm. They'll go where their opening is. I'm like, you can do things. You can harden the outside of your home. You can harden the doors. You can get the lights to turn on by themselves. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm getting an alarm. I'm. Mm-hmm. You can put it all together. However you can afford it, you can start fitting those pieces together and just making your home harder to break into, including just longer screws in your door frame and in your in your in your hinges. Mm-hmm. Simple things. Um, hey, how about stuff? Yeah. Yeah, when you go on vacation, don't tell everybody on Facebook you're going on vacation. Post your pictures when you come back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, eight more days in Aruba. House is empty. Hope the dog doesn't starve. Agree. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just like there was uh, something else that was in the news. This Uber guy took these people to uh, the airport or something like that. And then drove back to their house and robbed it. <laughs> hey, you got to give it to that guy, man. You wrote, you're doing Uber. That's your second job. And then his third job is robbing house. That man never sleeps. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Um, K-Rock says many blacks in urban environments have been brainwashed by the left-wing media. And their only experience with guns is negative because of the violence in their neighborhoods. Um. Yeah, you know what? Listen, I think that, yes, that's true. That's absolutely true. And they because of that, they don't realize that they can legally own guns. This is the thing that people need to come to a realization of. You know, in most places in America, you can legally own guns. Now, is it easy to get a CCW to conceal carry in, in some places? No. New Jersey, I don't think it is. <laughs> New York, it's not. You know, and there's other places like that. I think Connecticut's easier. I think it's it's relatively easy in Connecticut. Um, I know lots of people that are able to do that. But the thing is, in most places, you can legally own guns, including in New York City. You know, I have uh, friends and family that live in New York City. You can you can legally have guns there. Um, it's very restrictive, though. You have to get a permit to buy the gun. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you you're only allowed to ca- that gun can only leave your house if it's going. From your house to a range, you know, and there's all kinds of crazy things that are going on there. Um, And this is why people, by the way, all of those restrictive laws that they have about guns, because they can't actually stop you from legally owning guns because of the Second Amendment. 
you know, but the, what they do is they put restrictions in the way of that, right? And those restrictions make a lot of people say, you know what, forget it. I'm just going to, I'm going to have a gun anyway, and I'm not going to follow all those laws. I'm not going to get the permit, try to get, have to get a permit to buy ammo and do this thing and do that thing. So I think that more, more people need to find out that you can legally own guns and defend yourself. So, uh-oh, here we go. Boom. Then they make up rules. Like, this is my dissipated AR with my entry-level stock. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. really tiny and I love it. Mm -hmm. But they go, oh, well, if you have this, it has to have no bayonet lug. So my bayonet lug had to be cut off. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It has to have the muzzle device pinned and, weld and welded as if it's a 14 and a half inch. Every muzzle device in Jersey on a semi-automatic rifle has to be pinned and welded. Why is that? And, well, I mean, do they think you're going to put suppressors on there or something? Oh, well, let me tell you, because I read the 1990 testimony okay state trooper the head of the state troopers the colonel said with the muzzle uh a muzzle what do you call a muzzle device on mm -hmm. a flash hider you can't have a flash hider in jersey the flash hider will hide the flash of a gun at night so the police can't find someone shooting at them oh my god yeah <laughs> when was this testimony dude there was testimony in the in the, in the uh new jersey senate that's what he said. Was this recently or a long time ago? No, this was in the, it was just in the 90s. Okay, in the 90s. And I was like, wow. wow. Um, then if I have a stock wow. that's adjustable, I have to f find whatever point and pin it. The stock has to be pinned at one size. Mm -hmm. So that's why I have solid stock and, of course, 10-round magazines. Yeah, but at least, you know, the gun functions. Yeah, you have uh, they, you have a gun. You, you know, you can use it to defend yourself. It's hobbled somewhat from what the rest of us can do, which is unfortunate, but you do have something. But they do that, and they come up with these arbitrary rules that mean nothing. So now, just imagine you're the guy. No one in your family owns a gun. Matter of fact, everybody in your family is telling you you're a nut because you want to own one. Mm -hmm. Finally make that plunge. All right, I'm going to get one. So you go down to your police station, you do the fingerprints, you do the paperwork, and you wait the 30 days, and you pay the fees. Now you got in the hot little hands a firearms ID card. That means you can buy a long gun in Jersey. Mm -hmm. But what do you want to get? Well, everybody owns an AR. I want an AR. Mm -hmm. So you go on and you're looking at them, and you find, let's say you want to drop some dough. You're going to buy a Daniel Defense because you like this, that. No, let's go with POF. You want to buy a POF, mm -hmm. <clears throat> and uh, they have this really cool muzzle device on it, and it shoots 7.62. You know, you want to get the new Revolution. Mm -hmm. It shoots 3.08. Then you get there, and they go, oh, well, you can't have this particular device, muzzle device. You have to change out the muzzle device they're known for to a comp. Mm -hmm. Oh, you can't have the adjustable stock, so we got to pin that. And it's like, well, what the heck? Or if you even want one of those retro rifles from Brownells that came out that you did the ads for it, that mm -hmm. was freaking cool. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, you want to get one of the retro rifles? Mm -hmm. They're going to cut it out. Mm -hmm. They're going to take the muzzle device off, put something else on, cut the bayonet log off. And it's like, well, what the heck? It's not even a retro rifle anymore. I could build this. Mm -hmm. Now you're angry as a gun owner because you've been neutered. You can't get exactly what you want. Mm -hmm. And either you bounce out of it or you become militant and I recruit you for the diversity suits and, and give you a voice or at least let you know you're not alone. Not give you a voice, but mm -hmm. let you know you're not alone. And there's organizations you can join to actually fight this crap. And that's why I do what I do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, man. That's what needs to happen. 
Uh, first of all, you need the gateway drug to get people into it and then start realizing, oh, shit, there's a whole bunch of rules. Why is that? You know, and yep. then they push back against it and say, no, this is bullshit. We don't have to have all of these things. Um, and like you said before, man, it's just incrementally adding on things, adding on things, you know. Um, and make it harder. Yeah. Make it more expensive. And it's amazing because if you can read my shirt, mm-hmm. gun control is, equals racism. Hells yeah. Hells Yeah. <laughs> Gun control is a 400-year-old racist strategy in America to control black people. That's what I said in my speech, and people – you can't argue with it because they've used it. Mm-hmm. Now, the same rules they're used on blacks to not allow us to vote by putting in a poll tax, by putting in like a reading uh, requirement. They're doing the same thing with firearms in many states. They're jacking up the fees and making it impossible for people of a certain financial uh, – mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> fuck poor people. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say to you. Now it's it's not only is it a racist thing, it's also a caste thing now. And what? Oh. Yeah. And what I mean by that is the people who are making these laws are the elites of our society who who we actually pay taxes so that they can be protected by people with lots of guns. You mm-hmm. know, they themselves also own guns. And then they put yep. these restrictive um, laws on us so that we can't do anything about all the power and everything that they have over us. It's not that they don't believe in guns. Oh, no, they're protected by guns. Mm-hmm. They're making sure they have a force of people to come make sure you don't have a gun. Mm-hmm. So, no, it's not they, they just don't believe in you having a gun. Mm-hmm. That's what they don't believe in. Yeah. And it's, it's, not, it's not race anymore. I, I, t- I tell people often, we're, we, blacks with a beta test. They figured out exactly how to take your rights away, tweak you, and make you a second-class citizen with mm-hmm. us. Now they're doing it to you. Yeah. They're restricting your Second Amendment rights. They're crushing your First Amendment rights. They're getting businesses, banks, online. All those people are against you sucking away your First and Second Amendment rights left and right. And people are like, how did that happen? I'm like, incrementally, when you weren't paying attention. Yeah. And people, there's a bigger thing than this, and I know it's going to sound conspiratorial. But obviously, there's a bigger thing than this. There's a lot of things that um, that they want to transition us into. Um, lots of things that are happening in other places. But how do they transition us into that, right? What if we get mad about that? Can you imagine America? Like, what is it in France, the Yellow Jackets? If Americans yeah. actually got pissed off, like, those people in France is going to look uh, a lot different than it looks over in France. And I think that's the thing that they're worried about. But you can see it all the time. Um I don't know. I've got to pull up that article. The IRS is about to start kicking up how much taxes they take from you. They're going to make it more like, you know, so they so folks who are out there working and get a paycheck, the taxes come out immediately. That didn't always used to be people. You know, you got your money and then you paid the IRS until they were like, "Mm, this is not working. People are finding ways around that. And they started taking the money from you and then you had to fight to get it back. Now, what they want to do is make it more difficult for you to get anything back. And then after that, they'll ramp up how much money they take from you. And this is going to go on and on and on. And when you get mad about it, what are you going to do? You're not really going to be able to do anything about it. So. And the bad yeah. part is they're making it so – you're so disgusted. You don't want to vote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you're like, okay, what's, what's – someone said about this last election between Trump and Clinton is like trying to figure out which end of the turd to pick up and try to stay the cleanest. Mm-hmm. They give you very few options, mm-hmm. and they want to keep that up. 
and then they continually tell you to vote in November. When was the last time you heard someone tell you to vote in a primary? Mm-hmm. I've, I've never seen a push to get you to vote in a primary. So that's what I tell people continually. Vote in June. Vote wherever your primary is. Vote on my every pod- single time. Yeah. I, in my podcast, I got a list of the podcast and I mean, not podcasts, but places and the dates of different states that they have their primaries. And I would read them off every week. Next five primary dates are here, here, here. Pay attention. Look up who's pro-gun. Look up what someone who's already in there has done. Because understand, most people stay the frig home. Mm-hmm. I'm talking 90% of the people won't vote in a primary. So your vote will really, really count. I work to one district because, yes, I also work the election polls. Um, five hundred and twenty five people were in that district. Only twenty five people voted in the primary. Wow. Yeah. Probably probably the people that work for uh the politicians. <laughs> I figured it was the people that work for the politicians, a couple yeah. of old ladies and about twenty dead people. Yeah. <laughs> voted for Pretty the much. politicians. Pretty much. And I- and I'm like, think about this. I don't know how close certain people are with the people who live on their block. But if you can get 15 people to go down and vote and only 25 other people have voted, you can swing in a, a primary. How's that? Now you have whoever you want in that seat for the election in November. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is a strategy. This used to be something Americans did for entertainment before organized sports and football and, you know, national level teams. People were involved in politics. That's why they weren't able to get away with the crap they're getting away with now. We're distracted. Mm -hmm. They take a buttload of taxes out of your pocket. They give you all kinds of entertainment. Here's sports. Here's cable. Here's anything that's more important Mm -hmm. than who's taking your money out of your pocket, who's getting you involved in wars. Who's who's taking your rights away? Mm-hmm. It's like you're too busy. And then when you finally get home and want to decompress, you don't want to watch C-SPAN. Nobody watches C-SPAN. <laughs> but that's where all of your rights are being snatched away and they're televising it for you. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're not you're not looking. You're distracted. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see. Uh, James Miller says, sorry, Hank, I got here late. Did Tony talk about his love of high point carbine? <laughs> Oh, oh my god <laughs> i have a lightly used high point nine millimeter carbine i'd like to donate to 2a4e if that would help him oh. of course everything would help we're um okay high point donated two carbines we're giving both away this year mm-hmm. one is going to be to the winner of the Minuteman challenge so high point donated that and then i'm going to figure out how to uh raffle off uh, the other one. So if you want to donate one, great. We can you can send it. Um, hit me up at Simon's. Hit me if you're on um, Instagram or something. DM me. Um, Simon says train or Simon says training is my email at Yahoo. Just email me. Give me information. I'll give you my information with my FFL. Um, we're trying to get guns in people's hands. We're trying to get people to shoot. We're trying to get people excited about. Not only shooting, but helping me. I have no like. I sell this shirt. This is a ten. This shirt is ten dollars. It's called my Rally T. Mm-hmm. I make nothing on it. This is done at cost and mailed to you. Why? Because if you have a rally locally, you and your boys for like fifty bucks, all five of you can show up wearing this shirt. Someone's going to have a picture of it, and it's going to raise a question. And someone will Google gun control equals racism, 
and the light will turn on and they'll be directed to stuff and realize the racist gun con- history of gun control. And not just with blacks, with Italians, with Irish, with Asians, with Native Americans. They're going to learn that it's all a lie. So if you wonder why gun control laws don't make sense, because they're built upon the foundation of racism, mm-hmm. which doesn't make sense. Yeah. Uh, Mel the Nut says a, a conservative gun owning poll worker from New Jersey. You are my hero. <laughs> I'm not a conservative. I'm all over the board. Just yeah. I have some conservative values when it comes to right and wrong. In my opinion, mm-hmm. what's right and wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, man, listen, do you for the most part. That's where I stand. Yeah. But when it comes to spending money, yo, slow your roll. That's my money. You spend it. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, we've I've said it before. Um, the two party system sucks. Yeah. You know, and um, that's one of the problems that we have in this country. Most people are in the middle. They, there's a lot of things they don't care about. They don't care to get into other people's bedrooms and all that kind of stuff. They would like to be left alone. Um, most people would like small government. They would like to pay, you know, a little or no taxes, you know, or if you're going to pay taxes, at least you know where those taxes are going and it, and it makes some kind of sense, um, you know. Well, this is a question that's come up. Again, I've heard it most of my life, reparations. Mm. Now they're talking about it because the Democrats think it's going to be used to get Trump out of the White House or something. The promise of reparations. Mm. You ain't fooling me. Look, I stopped being six years ago over my tax return. That's my money you're giving back. You're not mm. fooling me. And you're not going to pay me off with reparations from my own tax money. Mm-hmm. But this is what I want to do. Hold on. This is what I want to do. This is my proposition for reparations. The people or the party that benefited the most from slavery has to pay us back. Mm -hmm. So that's the Democratic National Party. So just start cutting checks to everybody (laughs) from the DNC's checking account. And when they go broke, then we go for the Republicans. (laughs) Then we go for the Republicans who also Mm -hmm. didn't do anything for 100 years while Jim Crow laws and everything else is going down, down south. And then they have to write checks to all black people or people of color, Hispanics. And once we break both parties and they disappear, we can finally be happy and have more than a two-party system. See, I'm a genius. <laughs> yeah, good <laughs> luck with that. Good luck with that. That's the only way you're going to kill yeah. them off, dude. This two-party system stifles America. It's not even, in my opinion, American. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nobody else can get in. No new ideas can come. And and they're all on the same team. I mean, if you believe that there's a really a difference between the Democrats and Republicans, then you believe WWE wrestling was real. Yeah. I mean, here's what I think about all of this, man. Most of the problems that we have, we created. And if we really want to fix it, we have to stop waiting for somebody else to come in and fix it. You know, we have to fix it. So it really doesn't have anything to do with a lot of stuff that maybe in the past people looked at. It doesn't have a lot to do with race and all these kind of things. It doesn't even have to do with party. But the, the, the whole political system is just a setup for making money. You know, it's just legal bribery. And if we really want to fix it, any situation that we have, if, if, if someone's out there living in a neighborhood where they think there's uh, too much police violence or whatever, you can fix that because you live there. Okay, if you live there, you are voting for the people who you're waiting on to fix something and they're not fixing it. Right. Exactly. So the way to deal with that is is change that whoever who look at whoever's in power and take those people out of power. I don't care who they are. Look at who they are and take them out of power. So so let's say you're in Chicago and you think there's a problem there. 
Look at who's in power in Chicago. Remove those people. But don't put some other idiots into there that are just going to take advantage of you. You do it. You get in there. If this means something to you, if you've lost someone, you know, and you really want to do something about this, get in there and change that. Um, I was looking at something. Um, I think I think I was looking at something before we did this with Jay-Z. Um, and I think, uh, what was the name of this guy that was on uh, Late Night? And then he, uh, he's got like a Netflix show or whatever. I'm forgetting his name right now. Um, uh, the, the, oh, man, now he has, uh, no, now, now he has like a big beard. He was like in, 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 uh, in Late Show way back in the days. I'm forgetting who it is. Anyway, um, so he, he had Jay-Z on. He was talking to Jay-Z. And Jay-Z was talking about this thing that happened to this kid who got arrested because he supposedly stole a backpack he never stole. And he spent, uh, you know, over close to a year or something like that locked up in Rikers Island, like 180 days in, in um, you know, in the hole, right, in solitary confinement. And he did yeah. a documentary on the kid. And at the end of the documentary, he thought this kid was okay. The, you know, the kid was alive. He was talking to him and everything. He thought he was okay. He was like, hey, you know, if you need anything, let me know. And then two weeks after, the kid committed suicide. Uh -huh. It's horrible. It's a horrible thing. I don't like I don't like hearing that, you know, and I know what everyone's going to say here about Jay-Z. I get it. You know, I, I I'm on both sides of that. I think I see that a little three dimensionally. But here's what I thought. Where the hell did that happen? If it was Rikers, it was New York. Uh -huh. Right. Yeah. So yep. who is at fault in New York for what's happening? Who's at fault for that? Who's running? Who's running um, po uh, politics in New York? Who's on the top of the heap in New York? You know, who's the mayor? Who's the who's the governor? Who are all the people that you're putting in power that are allowing things like that to happen? Think about that. Take a real good look at who that is. And when you decide to do something about those people, I'm, I'm not trying to tell you to put in some people that have an R behind their name or a D behind their name or whatever. You go into it and you do something about it. That's how you correct that. That has been bothering me forever. Because, <clears throat> all right, I lived in Trenton, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. uh, 250,000 people was a population. Mm -hmm. uh, working in the election polls, you have to get retrained every couple of years. So I, I, they sent us to City Hall to get retrained. There are 50 seats in the, in the town hall for the meetings. Mm -hmm. 50 chairs. Mm -hmm. Most of them had dust in them and cobwebs for the entire. So when they have a city council meeting, Less than 50 people out of 250,000 show up. Show up yeah. That's why you have the government that you have because of disinterest. You don't care. Mm -hmm. You don't want to go in on that Tuesday and listen to these politicians. How's this? If you rolled in and filled every seat every week, learned those people's names, and held them accountable, your town, your city would change up. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, things will start getting done. All of a sudden, when you stand up and go, why did this happen? Uh, Police shooting, police misconduct, um, stupid bills that passed, um, a bullcrap war on drugs is locking people up for um, stop with the bullcrap. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like, hold them accountable, mm -hmm. ask questions, get in their face. Take now, over. It's your rights. Yeah. It's you. They gave you the ability back in the day to get rid of these people. And everyone just continually brings in the same dudes over and over again until they get, at least in Jersey, until they get arrested, convicted. And then the party just sends someone else out. Yeah. It's just dirty, man. And you're, you can fix it. 
everybody who's listening to this show can fix it. People ask me, how did I start the diversity shoot? I wanted to do something to bring people of color at that time. This is how it started in 2015. I testified after Sandy Hook in Jersey against some of the gun laws. Now, by then, I'd been an instructor. I just became an instructor. But between 2012 and 2015, I taught a bunch of classes. I'd gone to a lot of ranges and classes myself, and I saw people of color there. When I went to testify, it was 200 white people and me. Mm-hmm. That were pro-gun. And I'm like, where are all the people of color? Where There were a couple of women, not many. And I'm like, listen, if you're not speaking up, and if everybody that shows up is the stereotype they expect, they're not listening. Mm-hmm. I'm like, if we were to rolled in with 100 people of color, regardless of what it is, and another 50 women of every race, and a couple of people with some rainbow shirts on. You know what I mean? The show, the real diversity that we all know is in the shooting community. If we would have shown up then, the cameras couldn't ignore us. You couldn't say it was just a bunch of old white men. And now all of a sudden, everybody sits up and they have to take notice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't. They play words with friends and stuff when everybody's in there pro-gun. Because it's the same dudes talking about my rights, Molin Labe. They ignore it. Yeah. I think that you know what who it was. It was uh, David Letterman, by the way. Um, David Letterman. He's uh, still alive. Yeah, he's got like a crazy Netflix thing. I don't know. I was when I'm editing, I get real bored when I'm editing, so I have to <laughs> like look at stuff. And I was like, oh, let me let me see what's going on here. And um, I tuned into that. Just you know, sometimes you got to see what's going on on the other side. The funny thing about that conversation. You know, they had this conversation and then they immediately turned it to, you know, who was at fault for that? You know whose fault it is because of all this mm. stuff happening? Uh, Trump. Trump, yeah. Okay. Which Trump never, never, ever held a political office in New York. So uh-huh. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to excuse Trump from anything. No. <laughs> you know, I have my own issues, but I'm just trying to tell you that ultimately <laughs> in New York City, we know who's whose fault it is for the stuff that's going on. You could look at all the cities around America. You could look at Chicago. We know whose fault it is for what's going on there. I think there was just something in the news about a young girl that uh, got beaten up by these cops and all kinds of stuff in Chicago. Well, you know how you fix what's going on in Chicago? Take over, damn it. Stop leaving it up to other people. You could take that over. You have the ability to do that. There, Those people are people that you put into office or, you know, like you just said, Tony, they're not paying attention and just willy-nilly letting those people get in there. Um, Dan, yeah. uh, just Dano wants to know where he could find the T-shirts. Our T-shirts are available at 1022clothing.us. You heard of 511 Clothing, right? Yeah. Well, oh. this is like for fat dudes, too. It goes up to 6X, <laughs> so we called it 1022 Clothing. Okay. So right. go to 1022clothing.us, pick up a shirt. These are 10 bucks. This is a rally shirt. I don't make a dime. We have a couple promotional shirts. You buy those, some money comes back to us. So if you want to help us that way, great. I appreciate it. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Um, there's lots of comments coming in here, by the way. So let me see if I can. Uh, Len Holt wants to know 2A4E. I guess he wants to know what that means. The um, second is for everyone. Yeah, second is for everyone. Uh, Applebyte says David Letterman is looking like an old fud. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, listen, the thing I'm trying to say about it, and I'm going to tell you guys, you could apply this to, you know what? I'm preaching to the choir. I know you guys already know this. Lots of things that are wrong around you, the, the, the solution starts with you. The problem starts with you. So you yep. could fix it. 
but there's so many people in this country that are just leaving it up to other people to deal with something. And this is the reason why we have these problems. If you think there's a problem with uh, police officers and violence towards the community, um, try this experiment. Delete the police office. Yep. Delete it for a while. Let's see how that runs. Let's see if you don't have problems with the criminals. And then maybe, I'm not saying that you bring the police back. Maybe you arm yourselves. Maybe you become your own police. Maybe you become responsible for your own self and see how that goes. But you might have to take some people out too. So this is the thing. Nobody well, wants to do the dirty work. <laughs> well, also, come on, let, let's stop. Something that used to bother me. Oh, my God, the gangs are taking over. This. Wait a minute. They ain't come from outer space. Those are your kids. Mm-hmm. You grew up with those people. You know mm-hmm. who they are. Mm-hmm. Why don't you handle that? Don't tell me you don't want the cops coming down, shooting the people in your neighborhood when you won't do anything about watching the people in your neighborhood mm-hmm. become something else. That's why I had to move out of Trenton. We had a working class neighborhood full of everyone, blacks, whites, Hispanics, yeah. just my one block was full of every, But everybody worked. Everyone was gone during the day. Then all of a sudden, a nephew of a guy came in. He'd gotten out of prison. He moved into his uncle's house. His uncle was having problems. You know, the, the mortgage, the adjustable mortgage. Well, mm-hmm. his uncle was about to lose his house. Mm-hmm. The nephew went, hey, Unc, I made some connections in prison. He started selling drugs out of the house to help his uncle. Then he had a couple of girls that he knew that were getting out of jail, and they work for him. Mm-hmm. So now he has prostitutes running out of the house. It's a working-class neighborhood. We mm-hmm. watched this happen in a summer. We watched this happen over one summer that now we had hookers living across the street from my house where I had to leave my wife during the day. So we, and I'm talking about multiple houses on the block, called the cops. Mm-hmm. One, they called the uncle's daughters who lived out of state and was like, look, your uncle doing some, I mean, your dad doing some shady stuff. You need to talk to him. Mm-hmm. Daughters couldn't convince him to kick this nephew out because the money was coming in paying for the house. We called the popo. Sorry, but... Oh, you snitch. You dang right I snitch because I have pretty much crackhead addicted chicks outside my door. The kids that play next door have to run around these chicks with their Johns coming in and out of the house. Mm -hmm. It was dangerous. Mm -hmm. Cops put in. um, All of a sudden, we found a broken down van at the end of the block. Like, wait a minute. Whose van is this? We knew everybody. Yeah. By the way. uh, Okay. okay. I think someone's putting up the website. No, sorry. There's people that want to know the websites for the T-shirts. Yep, so, that's it. Yeah, um, is it uh, bcgwear.products? Yes. Okay. It's it's BG, bcgwear. It's just a link. I made a joke on my show about me forming the t-shirt company for fat dudes called 1022. Mm-hmm. Uh, a friend of mine bought the website. Uh, excuse me, bought that domain name, mm-hmm. and we just link it to our t-shirt guy. Okay. But yeah, yeah, pretty much Bolt Carrier Group, bcgwear is mm-hmm. his. And uh, great dude, former Navy um, and I was former Marine Corps. We met through my friend, Sean from black bag resource. He's like, Hey, this is my t-shirt guy. You want to talk to him? Cause I don't want to get in the t-shirt business. Right, I don't right. have shirts in my house. Yeah, so you buy directly thing, from him. Man. Yeah. Yeah. You buy directly from him. He sends it to you. I don't touch your t-shirt. Yeah. It's not easy uh, shipping out stuff and dealing with all that. Trust me. I know. Uh, big yeah. cliff says going to ask if a fat white guy can pull that shirt off. <laughs> Yeah. Um, as long as as long as you have a conversation to back it up, you're good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, when you say pull off, are you meaning you're going to get one of these shirts and then be out there 
taking it off and dancing around and stuff like that? Because if so, please do video so that we could put it on Tony's website and sell more shirts. <laughs> World star. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure anyone hey, could pull see- it off. Uh-huh. Yeah. Did you see the kids in Chicago beating up the security guard on on uh, in front of McDonald's? No. Yeah. These two kids decided to attack the security guard because he asked them to leave the store mm. in Chicago because they were playing music on their phones aloud, not mm-hmm. no earphones. Okay. So they were asked. They get outside. They attack him. They try to take his uh, pepper spray. Mm-hmm. Well, they break a bottle over his head and slam him into the wall. Wow. And it's two on one. And people are filming it, so they're right inside the store, and you see them just slam this 57-year-old security guard up against the wall, glass, mm-hmm. and push it towards the door. Well, he reached to his other side, pulled out his Glock, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, those young men had something else to do. But the reaction of the people in the store, in McDonald's, amazed me. They were like, oh, oh, no, stop, please don't. And I'm like, wait a minute. You're watching these two kids beat a grown man. With yeah. a bottle. Mm-hmm. And that didn't get you off your ass to stop it. But the minute he tried to stop, which was deadly force used against him by countering with deadly force, you want him to stop. Mm-hmm. No. That's and the problem the guy, that we have, man. That's why those kids are acting like that. Yeah. Luckily, the guy didn't pull the trigger. They they walked off. They didn't run off. And then they went to another store and started calling them names and jeering at them. And the cops still haven't caught them, I don't think. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, there were a bunch of people sitting on their butts doing nothing. But the minute a man tried to protect his life, they were like, oh, no, he's going to shoot those children. I'm like, yeah. well, why weren't you out there stopping those children? Mm-hmm. This is the problem that we have in society. No one's taking um, responsibility for things. Um, I carry my revolver in single action says, did you hear the news about Trump thinking about sending all the illegals? That comes to the border to the sanctuary cities where the Democrats live. I I saw. It's dumb. <laughs> I uh, saw uh, that. It sounds it sounds funny, <laughs> but you know, let me explain something to you. You there's you can't just put those people in those sanctuary cities and put up walls around the sanctuary cities, right? You know, they can go where they want to. Once they get into yep. America, they can go where they want to and do what they want to. Um, so my, my thing on this is we need to reform immigration in America. We need to bring it down to a simple set of rules, uh, one line, everyone has to get on that line and, uh, and that, you know, and we need to make it obvious that we're looking for the best from other countries. Cause there are, there's great people, um, that would be assets to America, um, to, to come to America, become citizens and all that kind of stuff. But we need to simplify this process once and for all. We need to actually do something about it instead of making it like a political football that gets kicked around. And can we stop acting as, as if it's something wrong, wanting the best people from other countries to come here? I think this that's what every team. other country wants. <laughs> yeah, everybody wants to be- – let me see. Do I want the dude who doesn't want to work mm-hmm. from Ecuador or – Let's fill in any, okay, from Luxembourg. I don't want the laziest dude in Luxembourg. I want the hardest working dude from Tegucigalpa, freaking Honduras, Mm -hmm. who who wants to come here and just light the world on fire by kicking butt and taking names. That's who I want. Absolutely. It has nothing to do with color of the skin. Mm -hmm. It has to do with, this is an awesome effing country. And I think a problem with many Americans is they've never left it. I think many people have never been to any other country except maybe a tourist spot where, you know, as <laughs> long as you stay within this acreage, everything is cool. And they don't know how jacked up the rest of the world really is. Mm-hmm. 
Dude, we have our poor people live better than most people in other countries. Yes, hell yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Jumpy Killer QX says, uh, Tony, do you have a YouTube channel? Yep. Simon Says Train on YouTube. Yep. There you go, guys. Please go and subscribe. Absolutely. I think people should go outside of America and see how some shit is because it's not what I was. I, I sent Lola a link for this. I don't know if I have it, but um, there I was looking at a video. I think it was on Vlad TV where they were talking to John Sally and I guess he's going to Ghana. Because um, they're going to jump him into being a, a king in Ghana. So basically, this is how it works in, in, in Ghana specifically. And some other African... They've figured out they can make money off of black people in America. When they come to Ghana, you give enough money, we will make you a king. We'll put some kente nice. cloth on your ass and christen you a king now. Or a chief of some imaginary village, which is kind Smart of... Move. Yeah, it's bullshit. But yes, hey, I'm not going to knock them for making money. People don't realize that these are the people who sold us. Anyone that's descendant of, of uh, slaves, you know, you got sold into slavery by these people. Uh, specifically Ghanaians, yep. by the way. So... Yep. Uh, you know, the thing is, that's so people go and they see all of this stuff and they think this is how it is every day in, in a lot of places around the world. And I'm not trying to say the places around the world are horrible, but when you go to other places in the world, especially if you get in trouble, you will very quickly find out you don't have the same rights as what you have in America. You know, and when you were talking about um, you were talking about reparations and things like that, I think that is the reparations for everyone in America. That America is a better place. And this is why we all, like the one, people who are here need to make it better. People who are coming into America don't need to bring the shit from the country they're trying to get away from to America. They need, if you're coming here because of the opportunities and the awesomeness, you have to contribute to the opportunities and the awesomeness. Exactly. You know, so. Uh, and it, it's not coming from some dude that's never known anybody. My ex who is from Honduras. Okay, cool. Um, she was brought here illegally at mm -hmm. the second time at three years old. Her entire family had moved here. Um, she's from Tegucigalpa? But, yeah, she's from Tegucigalpa. Okay, I've been in Honduras. Uh, it's, it's cool. Um, you know, obviously it's not that fun for the people living there, but, you know. No, it's horrible. I was, it's there, horrible. I was there for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Crime rate was ridiculous. Her dad owned hotels mm -hmm. in Tegucigalpa. Mm -hmm. And um, when we first got together, he said, hey, honey, you want to come home? You know, because she was trying to get her citizenship. Mm -hmm. After she got her American citizenship, mm -hmm. he invited her over. And she was like, he, her dad said, oh, no, don't come. Mm -hmm. Like, they will cut your arm off to steal your watch on yeah. the streets. Mm -hmm. Do not come here. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, people don't understand. If you've never left your house or you've never left within 50 miles of your home, you have no idea. Hank, um, you've been around. How many countries do you think are first world countries? Um, like here. Like America? Yeah, American-like. I don't know, man. America's different from a lot of places. Like, what's our definition, I think, of first world? Is it how clean everything looks? Is it the technology? Clean, um, is it safety? What not, is it? Not having a regime overthrow every three weeks. Um, you know what I mean? Not having... Um, that's a small like, percentage you know, of the world. That's a small percentage of the world. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. People don't understand that when you go and do your little tour of Europe, but you only hit London, France, and like one of the Scandinavian countries, mm -hmm. you didn't do a tour of the world. You hit a few countries. Mm -hmm. 
once you hit some places in Eastern Europe and you just start watching freedoms drop right off, mm-hmm. um, weird stuff happen, um, hospitalization and medical treatments just drop right off. It's like, yo, dude, mm-hmm. there's not many first world countries. There's a lot of second world countries and they have a buttload of third world and below. Yeah. Well, All the, pro- the, the problem here. Yeah. The problem for Americans, I think, when they do go overseas is that we you go to resorts. Right. That's the yep. problem. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you if you go overseas, like you can go to Mexico, man, if you're in freaking Cancun, it's pretty much it's not as safe Mexico's as it used beautiful. to be. Yeah, it's not as safe as it used to be. I've been to Can- Cancun uh, at least once. The thing is, is that that's the that's the resort that you're on right there. You haven't you haven't actually seen that place. So you Haiti's so beautiful. Haiti's <laughs> gorgeous. I don't get the problem. You better keep your butt on that resort. Yeah. You better keep your butt. Yeah. I want to see what the locals eat. Wait till you get back to America and go to a Haitian restaurant. <laughs> yeah, don't I'm mess just... don't mess around. Don't mess around in other places. I'm not saying it's like one thing to go visit there and another mm-hmm. thing to live there. And I'm not saying like for example, I lived in Nigeria and I'm not I had fun. Um like my brother for example freaking hated it. I had uh-huh. fun, but it was incredibly dangerous, you know. Um, and I think that man, the things that I did when I lived there as a kid, I could I couldn't take my kids there because I knew the craziness that I, that I was getting into there. And for example, kids like me, they kidnap you and use you for juju. You know, they yep. use you for like, <laughs> you know, they sacrifice you and use you in ceremonies and stuff like that. So I think that people just Oops, don't realize, I, huh? I lived in Japan for two years. Mm. I lived in Japan for two years. Um, I was in the Marine Corps, but unlike a lot of dudes, I got off base. I actually rented an apartment off base. Mm-hmm. My girlfriend at the time was Japanese. Mm-hmm. I learned to speak the language. I got a job Man, working you, you, in here. You get around, Tony. Damn. Hey, listen, dude, hey. I was good. You saw me. I was yeah, good looking back yeah. in the day when I was kidding. Big Pippin, man. Um, I'm glad you got it in. <laughs> but, respect. Uh, respect. <laughs> I learned the language, uh-huh. and I actually got behind the veneer of what real Japanese people are. As individuals, awesome. As a people, some of the most racist <laughs> mother effers you'll ever meet. And I don't mean just against color. I mean against other Asians. Mm-hmm. All right? But as individual people, dude, awesome folks. But you never know that. You listen to the media, you think it's this great country with all these rights. No, your rights aren't the same there. I know a dude who's persona non grata out of Japan for freaking taking a girl's credit card. They've thrown him out of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, their jail system is much crueler. Uh, Americans usually don't live longer than six months in a Japanese prison mm-hmm. because they can't take the discipline. Mm-hmm. And um, it's like, no, dude, even the countries you think are nice aren't that great compared to here. You'd have a fit if you lived in Japan. You know what I mean? Long term without the protection of the U.S. government. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a friend who is third generation Korean living in Japan. She can't own property. Mm-hmm. Um, another one who's second generation. She was born in Japan. Her parents were born in Japan. They were taken from Korea's slaves during World War Two. Mm-hmm. She can't she owns a business, but she can't be the primary owner of her own business. She's a 49% owner of her business because she's a foreigner, even though she was born and raised there. Yeah. And they were taken from Korea. Lots of countries Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. And she was taken from Korea. Her country Mm -hmm. is where North Korea is now. So there's no going back. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Honduras is like that. You can't, um, you have to be born in in, um, in Honduras to own land. And so there's a lot of countries like that. So, yeah, but I'm saying, yeah. people say, oh, America isn't so great. And I'm looking, I'm like, have you ever left here? It's not as awesome as you think. Um, and as a matter of fact, I think there's a guy, 
can't remember the name of the YouTube channel, but there's a YouTube channel. I think it's like Black in Japan or something like that. That there's a guy that talks <laughs> about all those different things. <laughs> you want to go see? Yeah, I was Black in Japan when it won't cool. <laughs> yeah, you want to go see? How, Actually, no. How, I was back in Japan when it was cool because hip hop had just blown up okay. and got overseas. MC Hammer, uh, Mike Tyson was on top of the world. Bobby Brown, Val Biv DeVoe, dude, it was the greatest time to be black in Japan ever when I was there. Yeah, all you had to do is put on some balloon pants and you, you were the man, right? Yeah, yeah. You saw those pictures of me. Yeah, because I was me. Yeah, <laughs> doing the running man at the club with the parachute pants on. Armaman and Axes uh, gave us a couple of bucks. He wants to know how old was I when I lived in Nigeria? I lived there from eight years old to eleven. So there you go. Yeah, when I came to America, I was eleven years old. But I, actually, I came to America every year on vacation and stuff like that. Um, there was uh, there was something I, I was going to say in there. Yeah, I think that uh, I think people just don't really realize how it is around the world. So yeah, get out there and see how it is. Not everywhere. Is uh, if you think it's bad here, you'll you'll find out, you know, that there's other places that are worse. And I think there's places here that have huge problems, you know, uh -huh. and, and we could fix those problems if we take ownership of it. That's that's really the thing. Yeah, Armament actually says hammer pants, hammer pants. Nice. Uh, who didn't have a pair of pants? I actually never had hammer pants. I did have parachute pants, which are a little bit different, kind of like. Made of the parachute material, but the hammer pants had a specific <laughs> bubble at a certain spot, right? That was. Yeah, I mean, they were, they were, they had, like, the crotch was really, really low. It was like busting the sag, but your pants were still, your waist was still where your waist was, but everything else was hanging. Um, who's this? Joe San? Jason? Yeah, Joe. Joe San? Yeah. Yeah, I was in Japan, uh, 88 to 91. I was there in the Marine Corps. Mm hmm. Yeah, so I think it was, uh, when did I get there? I think it was like June of 88, or 89, excuse me, June of 89. I got to Japan. It was beautiful. Um, I remember landed in Okinawa and never been somewhere so humid in my life. I got off the jet in my, you know, dressed my Charlies, mm -hmm. uh, which is one of the more casual dress uniforms of the Marine Corps. You know, my little creases were tight. Man, I stepped off that plane. My creases was like, we're out. <laughs> just, just ran. It was that hot and humid. They were like, "Bye." Uh, I thought I was. I thought I was standing in the jet blast from the engine, and it was no. That's just Okinawa and the tarmac, dude. It's hot. And then we flew to mainland Japan, so I was stationed in Iwakuni, Japan, which is uh, an hour away from Hiroshima. So it's a really small. At that time, it was a really small base. Fifteen hundred service people there. Okay. Um, so we didn't have a big impact on the community. So it was more Japan like, you know, when you have a base with 50,000 people on it, that's mm -hmm. America. We had 1500. So within 50, 20 minutes walk right outside the base, you're in Japan. You have places that, you know, signs aren't in English anymore. Mm -hmm. um, you eat in real Japanese food, not what they call Japanese food. Um, Love the place, man. Really clean. Um, people, for the most part, didn't mess with you. Mm -hmm. And then at the time, again, I'd been banging it out in the gym by the time I got there. So I was decent size, you know, 6'2", 160. I gained like 75 pounds in Japan. The did, you go from, did, you, did you go into the Marines from high school? Yep. Okay. Yeah, so, so, I was 17, so. Oh, okay. So you were like in that, um, the first Desert Storm generation. Yep. Yeah. Okay. 
Did you graduate yeah. in 87, 88, something like that? I, I graduated in 88 at 17 years old. I joined the Marine Corps at 17. I turned 18 in boot camp. And I was in Japan during the start, during the entire Gulf War. Um, watched it on television like everybody else. But um, I volunteered for some stuff. I was a computer programmer. And I volunteered for some um, nuclear, biological, and chemical training because I was trying to get to the war. You know what I mean? I didn't join the Marine Corps to be chilling in Japan, having sex with hot chicks and drinking alcohol. Mm-hmm. I joined to fight a war. Uh-huh. But, you know. Those um, are perks. Well, those are perks. <laughs> well, yeah. Lots it, of people thanking you for your service, by the way. I'm throwing some hey, of those up on the screen. You're welcome. I, I looked at being an American as my duty to serve if I could. And my duty, not yours, not anybody else's, mm-hmm. just mine. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I um, tried to get to the war. So I volunteered for nuclear, biological, and chemical training, figuring they were going to use scuds and nuclear you know, weapons with mass destruction. I could be there. I could help. Mm-hmm. I'd get the point. So um, I volunteered for that, and they gave us some classes in about two hours into my first class on biological weapons, I was like, I have done messed up. <laughs> I want to stay here and drink beer and hang out with hot chicks because this stuff, real, it scared the hell out of me, man. Biological weapons. Mm-hmm. Oh, frightening nerve agents. Mm-hmm. I learned about all that. And of course, they never used any of that, so I didn't get deployed. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just volunteered and I got that extra training and none of it's in my service record book. Yeah, <laughs> They sent me to school for months and didn't put anything in. Mm. But yeah, volunteered for that because I wanted to get involved. And, you know, mm. 40, I'm 48 now. I'm like, man, that was stupid, dude. Chill. Enjoy the chicks and the beer. Mm-hmm. And I, I barely drank again. But you know what I'm saying? I, I was free. I was going home every night. You know, my girlfriend at the time was cooking me dinner every night. And I'm trying to get involved in the war on the other side of the planet. <laughs> and I don't want folks out there to think that we're trying to discourage you from going to other places. I think lots of people in America need to go to other places to see how it is. Um, and I'm not saying, you know, that it's it's not nice either. There's certain things that are nice, but you just don't have the same rights that you have in America. And you, you need to see that. If Hey, if you like it and you think it's awesome, then now you got options, you know. Yep. So you can rock and roll and live in that place. But, you know. Uh, Justin Abroad says, uh, he gave us a couple of bucks. He says, have you been back to Japan since, Tony? I came back to, I went back to Japan my last year in the Corps uh, on vacation. Cost a tremendous amount of money. But uh, I went on leave right before I got out. Um, it, it was changing up. Uh, this is how old I am. Dude, it was changing up to more um, gangster rap then. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, it wasn't as fun in the clubs because, you know, a certain period of time, it was just fun, dancing, smiling, and then hardcore hip-hop hit. And ain't nothing funnier than watching a bunch of, you know, 125-pound Japanese dudes trying to look hard and then the L.A. Raiders, <laughs> L.A. Raiders scully with black glasses on in the club. I'm like, yo, cuz, my jacket weighs more than you. Chill out. Crack a smile. Um, but it was cool, and I realized my time was over. You know what I mean? I had fun while I was there. This is different. Um, and I got out the core and I came up and started my career as a locksmith. Okay. All right. Cool, man. Um, let me see here. There's a there's a bunch of different things scrolling through here. We should probably turn. You want to do some guns here for a second? So, um, you know, uh, I'll kick it off just to like I as I've been telling you guys, if you look down there, you will see 
that we uh, we are sponsored now from Walther. And Walther sent us some stuff, so I'm going to break these out. I have shot Walther guns before, but I've never... Um, I haven't really gotten deep into them, so I guess we're going to be doing it. And uh, these just came in, so I figured I'll share them with you all. And uh, they're both PPQs, by the way. Walther has this... Uh, you know, shoot it, love it, buy it program going on. And we actually had Cody from Walther on the show with us. And every like everything in the PPQ line is what qualifies for that. So you can basically, you can uh, you can get a trial period on stuff so you can, uh, you can try it out. If you don't like it within 30 days, you can send it back, get your money back. So this is the uh, PPQ 22 um, Tactical. So it has, you know, it's got the, it's threaded for the suppressor up on there. There you go. So we'll definitely throw a can up on this thing and shoot this up here on the channel, right there. Um, there goes the magazine. Nice. I like the feel. Feels ex you know feels exactly like the other PPQ, which is always a good um, training. I don't know what you do. We lose Tony. Are you still out there, Tony? Uh oh. Something happened to Tony. I'm not sure. No, what happened. I'm oh, here. He's here. I'm okay, here. he's there. Yeah. So uh, this is good. I like these kind of things for training, right? Or if someone's just getting into guns, you can try out a 22. Has all the same controls and all that kind of stuff. Manual of operations. So we got that, and then the other one is a PPQ M2, I believe. Let me see. I'll open up the open up the box here, which is basically the nine millimeter version of that of that gun. There we go. There it is. Just came out of the box. Boom. Uh, comes with two magazines. Two of these magazines. What is this? Uh, it's like a 14, 15 round magazine. There you go. Yep. Walter uh, PPQs are awesome. Uh, when I became a trainer, one of the ways they made us uh, right, you know, to qualify, we had to shoot everyone else's gun on the line. Mm -hmm. So you shoot, you fire your gun, you know, for the qualification on the plate, whatever the group has to be this big, empty mm -hmm. it, lock the slide back, go to the next port and everybody just goes to the next port and fires qual rounds. Mm -hmm. Then I got a hold of the Walther PPQ, uh, M1 mm -hmm. that's with the European magazine release punched out trigger was sweet. Mm -hmm. Um, ergonomics were good. Uh, they're the stippling is awesome it didn't have stupid finger grooves sights lined up flop, 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 flop. like a one hole like five round group drop the mag i have short thumbs mm -hmm. so it's really hard i have to break my firing grip to release the mag on almost anything but because the european mag release just use my index finger mag drops out look, good to go mm -hmm. i really like it it's like a glock 19 with all the work done that you'd want done on a glock 19 yeah, there's That's a, a lot. Of, there's a lot of guys that use them for um, that that use them for competitive reasons. I've noticed. Here, let me see if I could uh, flash it up on the screen. So here's the, this is the uh, PPQ SD22 Tactical that we were talking about. That's uh, the 22 that we had there, and I think I've got. Let me see. Um, where is the other one? Here we go. Okay. And uh, I'm gonna pull up. I'm gonna pull up the uh, PPQ M2. That's the mm -hmm. next one that we've got here. And let me let me uh, pull that up here on the screen for you folks. 
So there we go. There's a nice little video there. So I think um, there's a different versions, but the one that we got has the, um, it's got the threaded barrel on it. So it's the PPQ M2 Navy in nine millimeter. So there's the, uh, there's all the particulars on it. I, I'm going to do videos on these for, for folks out there that are curious about it. I just wanted to share that with you guys since it's Friday, just came in, we're going to do some stuff. We'll have the folks from, uh, from Walther come back on. And yeah, I know they do sponsor Louder with Crowder. <laughs> so that's, which is awesome. I think that's a great show. I don't know if that's going to get me on there, but hey, you know, <laughs> it'll be nice. But, uh, nice. Maybe I'll run into him at some kind of Walther event or something like that. Well, one of the things I also tried to do, you know, uh, being a trainer, mm -hmm. I was asking about 22s. What 22 semi-auto? excuse me do you use to introduce people to firearms so you know different boards out there so when i became a trainer i went and was like hey guys what semi-auto 22 do you use i wasn't looking forward to a ruger because that was before they came out with the mark fours so anything's a pain in the ass um and a lot of a lot of people said two things they said the walter and they said the smith and wesson mnp 22 pistol okay yeah. those were two so yeah. of course I had to go and buy the Ruger oh. SR22. Oh, you got that? Hold on, <laughs> let me let me flip it on you here. Yeah, that's um, how was that? Um, it's solid. It has not had any problems. Mm -hmm. But thing I don't like to take the safety off. It's in the opposite direction. Mm. Of you gotta anything. push up. Yeah, you got to push up. Yeah, you got to push, push up. up down, now huh? the cool thing is, when I grab it in the holster, I can push it up with my thumb. Mm -hmm. No problem while I'm acquiring the grip. Right. So it's training. Um, yeah. It does not, the sights, in my opinion, hold on. The sights, in my opinion, have too much air in between the front and the rear sight. Okay. It's just a lot. It, it, it prohibits precision shooting for me. Now, I've shot groups a little bigger than a quarter, 15 yards from off my rifle bag. But that's taking my time, trigger squeeze, everything. Mm -hmm. And um, standing up, yeah, I can pepper the snot out of a plate, but it has a really long initial trigger pull. Mm -hmm. it's just just really long. Oh, and, of oh, course, yeah. it has the, and it has the magazine disconnect, mm -hmm. so I can't dry fire it. Mm -hmm. And that's something else I despise about it. So, um, that, and Is that how the Rugers work? Do Rugers have that? You have to push up for... Uh... I, I don't know about all Rugers. Hold on. I have an empty mag in here. Okay. Cool. Uh, RTS yeah, guy says, uh, Hank, please do a review of the Walther Q5 match. Um, absolutely. You know, hopefully I'll be, I'll, not hopefully, I'll, I'll definitely get into their uh, T&E program and I'll get my hands on some stuff you guys want to see. And we'll do some videos. All right. Okay. At least it has a decocker okay. when it's cocked. Okay. Take the safety off. Check out this trigger pull. Damn. There you go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, like it's it's rough. So you know when yeah. I grab it and I push it out, I make sure I just grab that thing and pull it straight back like a revolver. It's yeah. different than some revolver triggers. Yeah. What do I wish? I wish I would have gone with the Walter PPU yeah. <laughs> or the their twenty two. Yeah. So I see that Armament and Axis says he loved his peep, his SR twenty two, but he sold it to his brother. <laughs> Yeah, he loved it so much he got rid of it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm not saying it's a garbage gun. I'm just yeah. saying... It doesn't work for everyone. There's a couple of, there's a couple of better ones out there. Mm -hmm. But it's lightweight. This particular one has the four and a half inch barrel. And I okay. use it um, 
as my carry gun in the house sometimes when I'm not carrying my Glock. Okay. I'm checking out the new holster. Uh, I was able to fit this in it. Usually I carry my Glock 19 Gen 2 and mm-hmm. a crossbreed Super Tuck. Okay. Um, and that, go ahead. That's what I do. Yeah, that's what I carry around the house, and I'm starting to carry it more because we've got an NRA coming up, and yes, I can carry in Indianapolis, and I will be. Okay. So you carry a 22. That's interesting. No, I carry a 22 at the house just because oh, I'm checking out this new holster. Oh, 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 just because you're testing out the holster. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Night Train says Keltec uh, 22 pistol, the uh, CP33. I guess that's the name of that thing. Is the answer? Um, <laughs> you know what? I've only shot those at Shot Show, so I don't know. But they they look really really cool, to be honest with you. So I I I, I probably need to buy one of those. If I see a good deal on one, I'll I'll buy it. Um, Kathleen, music lover, you can dry fire um, or Ruger SR22. Okay. Actually, they say it in their literature. That's the only reason I do it. And YNH says, I picked up the SR-22 a couple months ago. I like it. Look, it's good to get a twenty two. I think. Get a couple of... I think so. Yeah, get lots of twenty twos. Get a suppressor and, and, and twenty two. And the reason I like this also, I like it because that trigger is tough. Because you need to learn trigger control regardless of what you're using it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. A heavy double action trigger pull. You get good with this. You'll be good with anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Learn. It. Yeah. Um, you know what is it called? Staging the trigger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you gotta learn you gotta how pull. to stage that trigger. <laughs> you gotta go ahead and pull through it. I because uh, yeah. I was talking to my guy because he was like, "Yeah, staging the trigger, prepping the trigger." Well, when I talked to the guy that was one of the top PCC shooters in America, he was like, "Never stage a trigger. Oh, learn really? to pull completely through it." Oh, he was okay. like, "Line okay. up your sights." Pull completely through it. One pull. Okay, just pull all um, the way through. Okay. Pull all the way through. Smooth pull. Okay. If you grip it, if you grip the sides hard enough, you won't move your, uh, you won't, you won't have all this going on because you have a tight grip. So you won't flex your hand. If your hand is as tight as it can get, it won't flex. Now you can move that trigger regardless of how heavy it is. Oh, okay. Just makes sense. Yeah, makes yep. sense. Okay. Uh, let's see what we got here. What else is going on? Um, Gibson Fender says, my wife has a purple SR-22. It's just an okay pistol. She also has yeah. the SNW Victory, which is a kick-ass firearm. Awesome. Um, which I think someone else says the, the Victory has a magazine disconnect. Horrible. Um, and Kyra Revolving Single Action says, breaking news, Disney launches its own streaming service. They own Marvel. Yeah, they've been doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're going to be all about that. Um, and lots of people talking about the Game of Thrones. Are you into the Game of Thrones? Never seen an episode. Don't even know what's. I know it's like have it has a, a small person in it uh, and dragons, mm-hmm. and some brother that have sex with his own sister. Yeah, lots of uh, there's lots of sex uh, all up in there. But it's you know it's a good show. I've watched it. It's based on the books. If you've listened to the books, the books are even bloodier. It's a pretty bloody show. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's a lot of murder, death, kill up in that. <laughs> in the show and the books and all <laughs> murder, that kind death, of stuff. Kills. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it's entertaining. It's entertaining stuff. And I think this is the final season, so everyone's waiting for it. I think it kicks off Sunday for all the people out there. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Armament and Axis went, yeah, uh, Ruger did kind of rip off Walter. No, they blatantly ripped off Walter. Yeah. They jacked Walter's 22. Um, just like they jacked Caltech's, uh, what, P, the 9mm. The. Uh... The PF no, not the PF nine. Is it the PF nine that they no, the the P three AT I think 
Yeah, okay. P380. Well, whatever. Yeah, the 380. Yep. They jacked yeah. it. Yeah, they did. But they actually improved it, which yes, Caltech has never done. So Ruger has made a better Caltech. <laughs> than Kel- yeah. Do you remember the Caltech advertisement where they had like the copycat? They were doing the copycat with the clock with the cat on it. And I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, but they copied it. They copied your homework and got a better grade than you, dude. <laughs> Not, yeah, I mean, come on, man. <laughs> you know, improve that thing. Also, yeah, there's another Caltech commercial when they uh, when they were like, this is for people who drink their own pee. Did you see that one? Oh, I commented on that the minute it came out. I'm like, if you drink your own pee, you had a horrible freaking plan. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Kathleen Music Lover says she's a GOT addict, Game of Thrones. Uh, Brick says it's a great story. I enjoy it. I, you know, I mean, I like uh, I like the fantasy stuff. There's not a lot of fantasy stuff out there, but I think they did a good job of it in terms of keeping it entertaining. Um, so it's a good story. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, check it out. I don't know if I'm gonna check it out immediately or wait for uh, wait for the whole season to fall because I don't have I have the uh, HBO Go or one of those things. And that's where I look at that stuff on. But uh, I prefer to binge watch that stuff. But I know there's going to be people out there probably watching every week. And I'm trying not to yeah. get caught up in that, you know. I like to have something good to binge watch while I'm editing. Um, and Gibson- the cool thing about not touching shows like this until years down the road, I will forget what everybody said about Games of Thrones. They don't even talk to me. I was like, I don't know the show. So I don't know anything. So when I finally decide to jump into it, oh, I'm just going to have all white meat, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Gibson Fender says, I love Tony's shirt. Gun control equals racism. That's awesome. You can buy these shirts. Here, let me uh, blow them up so we can so you can see the full thing. Hey, show the shirt. You're going to have to show it off here. There you there, go. There we go. There we go. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. I don't get paid on these. These are 1022clothing.us. It takes you to – it's a link to our friend BCG Wear. You can buy it. It's 10 bucks. I don't get any funds from this. But if you want to buy a promotional shirt, I appreciate it. Those are 25 Okay. Uh, RTS if guy. You don't, that's cool. Yeah, RTS guy wants to know if I can get access to the old school PPK. I don't know. I could try that out. Uh, they, uh, actually, they're coming – yeah, they're coming out with it again, right? I think so. I think I think he was saying something about that when he was on. I don't know if it's out yeah. yet or yeah. I fired the old school PPK. It's nostalgic. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. What by what I mean? There's other stuff that costs less money, that weigh less, and that have better triggers. But it's not a PPK. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just that simple. Yeah. Kathleen Music Lover says Peter Dinklage is a great actor. That's a small person on the show. Yes, he's a good actor. I like him. I like him a bunch of stuff. What kind of uh, what kind of stuff do you watch, man? What shows are you I'm, into? I'm boring because I do a lot of this, and um, but I watch Night Fights. You heard of that? Night Fights. No. Night Fights. They had dudes that are in um, that medieval fighting thing. Mm-hmm. Well, they had a competition, ten thousand bucks. They had some of the the ones that pretty much oh, are the best. knights like knights in shining armor. Knights. Okay. Yep. Go at it. It was it was pretty cool because it's reality. It's dudes fighting with different weapons. Mm-hmm. It's a period correct. I like um, Forge and Fire. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, good show. Zeke Stout. Yes, Zeke Stout had his show, Master of, of Arms, mm-hmm. which they didn't renew, but it was really good. Zeke and Ashley. Yeah, they were great on that show. Yeah, I, I like never got a chance like to catch it because I don't have um I don't actually have cable. 
Yeah, so, I'm, so I'm I, hoping I, it'll be on Netflix or something soon. Something, I think. Yeah, they're trying to get it on Netflix now. Okay. I'm like, dude, it, it was interesting. It was different, and it was still cool. I hate fake drama, mm-hmm. so I can't watch some stuff. And working in a firearms, well, being a firearms instructor, taking lots of classes, and hosting classes on mm-hmm. Force on Force, Low Light, dude. When I watch cop shows, I almost vomit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god! But um, yeah, I watch those with my wife because she digs them, and so I watch them with her. Mm-hmm. Criminal Minds. Um, what's the other Chicago PD full of dirty cops? Hilarious! <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. like, all of you people be in jail by now. You suck. <laughs> but yeah, watch stuff like that. So and even, I can't watch- even the media knows. Even the, they should get Jesse Smollett to go over there. Nice. They should. He get- should be a detective. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be awesome. Uh, Adam Jimenez says, "Hey Tony, how's it going, brother? Good to see you making the rounds." Um, yep. Let me see. Uh, there was some other stuff going on here. Um, yeah, I think there's so much good uh, stuff. Like I, I look at a lot of stuff when I'm editing. You know. Uh, so, yeah. But I look at all this. Like it has to be on Netflix or Amazon Prime, and then I do have. Uh, an app for HBO, I think it's HBO Go or one of those things, um, which I think comes with AT&T or something like that. Whatever the free oh. one is that comes with AT&T. <laughs> no clue. Yeah. But I mean, I, I enjoy, you know, because I also have the videos. I do the podcast. Um, Tuesday is Gun and Gear Review on Firearms Radio Network. We usually on Thursdays record our podcast, a 2A4E mm-hmm. podcast. I work with Rob Morse doing the self-defense gun story podcast for the self-defense radio network. Mm-hmm. So those are three of the shows I'm on. Yeah, and man, I you're, still, you're, you're, you're spread out on the podcast. Damn. Well, hey, man, I'm trying, trying to reach the communities also. Yeah, that's good. I learn more, mm-hmm. and, and people hear about what we do. And it's funny because they're like, well, 2A4E diversity shoot. When are you coming here? When are you coming to – I'm like, dude, bring somebody new to the range. You don't have to wait for me. I'll eventually get to you, but you don't have to wait for me. Mm-hmm. You know, put it together, grow the community on your own. Um, but if you're serious about it, you'd have to you have to pump the brakes a little with the name calling online and the attacks online and calling people libtards. And I understand it's frustrating, but trust me, I understand it's frustrating to hear people ask the same questions. But we got to educate ourselves. If we want to be ambassadors, if you just want to be a gun owner and chill and call people names online, hey, that's you, man. I'm not going to poop on you. I'm just going to say you're not helping, but I'm not going to poop on you. But if you want to be an ambassador and reach out, you have to stop the name calling Um, and you have to answer the same questions over and over. It sucks. You know, why why do you need an AR-15? All right, for the 55th time this year, I'll tell you why I need an AR-15. Mm-hmm. It ain't about needs. Um, and, and But you just have to talk to people. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to go past the bumper sticker logic. That's all. Mm-hmm. And, and, and talk to people like people. The problem is we're so insulated on social media. You're only talking in your own echo chamber so much that you've forgotten how to have open discussion. Mm-hmm. And I'm not one of those dudes to say compromise because I come from uh, I live in Jersey. Mm-hmm. There ain't no compromise. Yeah, they you guys want to have been compromised like to death, man. Yeah, absolutely. a compromise is you get something back. Mm-hmm. They're not giving us anything. So though there is no compromise, but you really need to learn how to talk to people and treat them as humans, and understand 
most people were really naive. And when they were asking, why do you need an AR? They've been programmed that AR is high-powered death machine that only the military can use. And you just need to knock all those facts yeah, down. Yeah, we need to decode, unbrainwash. Down. We need to brain dirty or whatever the hell it calls. Call. <laughs> whatever you want to call it. But we yeah. need to reverse that. And if the person is comfortable enough talking to you because they know you from work or they're related to you or you're on the same, you know, your kids are on the same softball team, have that conversation in a way that I want to continue having a friendship with this person after this conversation is over. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things I told Tiffany Johnson, I know you know who she is. Tiff was like, we were talking and I was like, my thing is have everyone meet someone at minimum 60 percent mm-hmm. don't just meet them halfway who is meet who is 60%. tiffany johnson who is tiffany oh i'm sorry i thought yeah. you'd know tiffany johnson is a lawyer out of memphis okay. she's also a firearms instructor mm-hmm. uh big time um range master she works with tom givens okay uh she's an awesome woman really intelligent has testified in front of the united nations about gun control okay and and she's a law professor so mm-hmm. she's awesome and she writes so tiffany is um a friend of mine and she's just a good instructor and she does a lot of speaking engagements because she has that background mm-hmm. me i'm just with the fumbles through english <laughs> and she's eloquent but we were having a discussion and she actually used that 60 percent line in one of her speeches because people kind of forget hey i'm meeting them halfway well you're not putting you're not taking yourself out of your comfort zone by meeting them halfway mm-hmm. yeah go over halfway yeah have a conversation with the libtard wearing the tie-dyed t-shirt to Birkenstocks with a man bun. And you might find out that kid has like more CZs than the law allows and uh, has some pretty cool guns. And you just made an assumption. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was at the New Jersey SafeCon and I was helping Adam crowd out because I wanted to download, uh, I wanted to print up some uh, um, the request forms to have him run. So they were at the, uh, a hotel in Jersey, in North Jersey. I'm like, oh, great. This place is probably anti-gun as anything. It was in uh, Parsippany. Yeah. So I walk up to the guy at the, and I said, can I speak to the manager? The girl said, yes. The manager came out. Hey, how you doing? He mm-hmm. was just really mm-hmm. like, like, like that over-the-top mm-hmm. top flamboyant. I'm like, great. Am I going to kick out of here? He's going to not let me use the printer because I'm going to ask for some pro-gun stuff. So I was like, hi, I'd like to print this out. It's adamkraut.com. He's running for NRA board of directors, and I just need this printout. He was like, really? I'm in an NRA. I just moved from Florida. I have this gun, mm-hmm. this gun, this gun, and this gun. Mm-hmm. Where can I shoot? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, dang. Gay people I don't know need why. to protect themselves also, man. Oh, of course. Yeah. But I'm like, I have no idea doing a diversity shoot and meeting as many people with different backgrounds as I have that I assume, I guess I assume because of the town we were mm-hmm. in, the job he had and that he was he was flamboyant, mm-hmm. that he would be anti-gun. And I was 100 percent wrong. We had some cool. And not only did he own the gun, this dude was a shooter. You know what I mean? Like he, he was talking about guns as how he used them. And I'm like, this is awesome, and I learned a lesson today. Mm-hmm. You know, don't just assume. But yeah, he helped me out, and I'm like, we have to grow it. We have to be ambassadors. Mm-hmm. I gave him a card, told him to come to one of our events. I'm like, yo, let's grow this. Yeah. Now understand when you grow the when you grow the community, you're gonna have some people who are different than you. Just accept it. They're not gonna have the same beliefs in everything you do, but. 
it's about growing the Second Amendment and fighting off this attack that we have yeah. going on right now. Well, if we say the Second Amendment's for everyone, then we have to reach out to everyone. That's the thing. And you have to accept. You have to speak to people and let them, you know, because people want to know. Um, and I get what, look, look, I understand why people uh, use libtards and stuff like that. Sometimes I use it. I get mad. Say, you know, and sometimes, look, you want to get stuff off your chest or whatever. That's an easy way to do it. Ultimately, though, we do all have to speak to each other. Um, huh? It's really important to to be able to communicate this thing because um, it's way better to try to do that than to have to fight it out in the streets. You know, um, if it comes to that, having to fight it out in the streets is not going to be fun. I'm way so. too fat to be involved in the Civil War, dude. I'm a moving. I, there's nothing. There's no cover for me. Yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. very little concealment unless it's a bus yard. So, yeah, I don't want a civil war. I want us to be able to actually be politically active, get off our butts, get off your couch and make a difference at the polls. Yeah. By the way, Big Dick Willie, who's always here on the show. Big Dick Willie <laughs> says he's in New Jersey. Oh, yeah. There you go. Hopefully any all the folks out there who are in the northeast in the Jersey area, you know, throw your hands in the air. <laughs> you know, but definitely go support uh, Tony Simon. Simon says train. Uh, the second is for everyone. Those are the different places for you guys to look up out there. Yep. And, uh, you know, you, get you can donate to our GoFundMe going through diversityshoot.com. Yeah. Um, you can you can become a patron on Patreon at the second what, 2A4E podcast. We give away awesome knives that actually we have some knives that were donated by um, Car Arms. Okay, they cool. have their yeah. They have some Spydeco Delicas, Delica Fours that oh. are actually their own design. And I sent them out with my friend from New Jersey Concealment Furniture, Dan. Mm -hmm. He laser engraved them with our logo and a ser individual serial number. Okay. So if you win one of these, that's your customized custom knife. And we're working on getting some letterhead so I can write you a letter thanking you for what you do, and actually including your serial number for your knife. Okay. I don't know if it'll ever be worth anything, but hey, it's a serialized knife with our Spartacum. logo on it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, Insane Runner One Zero says, "Hank, how's the round table looking?" I have no idea. I don't have, <laughs> I don't have any control over that. <laughs> so I think it's looking pretty much the same way it's always looked. It, you know, it is what it is. Look, we are here. I try to get different, lots of different people to come on here, and um, I don't, I don't look at people's numbers and all those kinds of things, and. You know, ultimately, I think that someone has to do it. I was just asking the question whether or not those guys uh, knew anyone else. As Tony has said, he knows them and they know him. So, um, look, I hope, for me, I wasn't trying to really make uh, things difficult for people. I hope that we just think about it and let those things knock around in our heads, you know? And let that knock around in the heads and maybe let the folks out, let different people out there have a chance every now and then put someone in. I don't think it has to be um, all the big dogs or you have to have big numbers. I think uh, sometimes you help someone who's not so big grow, you know, and get introduced to a new audience. Uh, big Dre 357 says, Tiffany's a great person. Tony, check your inbox on IG. All right, cool. Go. I yeah. saw something come in. Yeah. So uh, you want to uh, do you want to tell the folks out there uh, what all your different social medias are? One time we're close to okay, we're close cool. to nine o'clock, so we're gonna wrap it up here soon. So you might as well 
get into all right that. i'll run i'll run through everything all right mm-hmm. if you want to find me on linkedin of course it's tony simon um if you want to check me out on twitter it's tony simon if you want to check me out on uh, instagram <laughs> simon says train if you want to look up what we do on facebook it's the second is for everyone that's one facebook page the other page is simon says train if you want to participate in our minuteman challenge we have a minuteman challenge page call the Minuteman Challenge. So reach out if you want to get in contact with me. You can donate to us, of course, at GoFundMe under the second is for everyone. You can also be a part of our Patreon by 2A4E Podcast. That will bring you right to our Patreon page. $5 and above, get put in for knife stuff. $10 and above, get put in for FFL stuff. That's all I'm saying. So if you want to do that, awesome. Um, so that's, oh, and if you want to buy a t-shirt, it's 1022 clothing. Dot us. That's a redirect to my T-shirt guy, BCG wear. But I'm figuring 1022 clothing is like 511. But for fat people, you'll remember that. Mm-hmm. 1022clothing.us. This shirt, ten dollars. I don't make a dime on it. I want you to wear it to rallies and get in people's face and have them ask you a question about how is gun control like racism, mm-hmm. uh, equal racism. Mm-hmm. And you can Google it, and all of a sudden you've enlightened someone. And if you want to buy my other shirts, go ahead. They just have 2A4E and Saiyans in the back. We also have one with the saying from um, Huey Newton, Huey P. Newton of the Black Panthers. We just, I just put that out. Let the chips fall where they may. I don't care if you agree with the Black Panthers or not, but you 100% agree with what he has to say. What was his say. saying? What, what did he say? Um, an unarmed man is a slave or subject to slavery at any time. Hells yeah. Um, I believe uh, you, you don't have anything that you cannot defend. That's my personal belief. So just think go. about that. You don't have your life, your family, or anything else if you can't defend it. Uh, just Dano says Pink Pistols is a pro 2A organization. Uh, very cool. Run by Erin Paulette. Uh, Run by Erin Paulette. She's awesome. Yes. Okay, there you go. Um, you know what? I, have, I don't think I've seen Erin in a while. Um, let's see. Who else? we got some other things. Okay, Flopping Garbage says Nair English Town, New Jersey. <laughs> Yeah, if you talk about gun club. <laughs> who, who's near Union? Uh, yeah, I was at Union Hill two weeks ago. Yeah, it was a Union Hill Gun Club. Yeah, all, all everyone who's on here that's from Jersey or those areas, please, you know, follow Tony on all the different things that he does and 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 help support him. I used to live in New Jersey, man. I used to live in Linden, New Jersey, and then I used to live in Roselle, New Jersey. Uh, my so. shop, my shop was in Roselle Park. So yes, I know where oh. Linden and okay, I know where yeah, Roselle, Roselle Park. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we've eaten at some of the same places. We've walked some of the same streets. <laughs> true indeed. True indeed. Yeah. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I'm going to pretty much wrap this up. I, I want to thank Tony for coming on. He's a really good dude. I really encourage you guys to go out there, check out what he's doing, uh, help support the cause. You know, um, it, it's much appreciated. And he's out there working hard all the time, man. I say, I'm not, I'm not sure why he's not skinnier. And he is. Not me neither. You know, but at this point, <laughs> hey, it's all good, man. It's all good. So everywhere um, I go, I eat. That's why I'm not skinny. Yeah, he's running around. I see him all over the place doing lots of stuff. So um, I want to thank everyone for joining us. I want to thank our sponsor, Walther, that's come on board. You guys will see us uh, doing more stuff with them, as well as all the other sponsors that uh, that look out for us um, as well. And everyone out there, please try to have like a happy, safe weekend. Have fun. <laughs> we'll see you. Jafari H says, peace, hippies. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so, you know, we'll see you guys uh, next week. We'll have some good stuff going on here. Shout out to Walter. Hope he gets back from the creek safe and sound. I am going to throw up the end stuff. Sit right there. Stay right there. I'm, 
it's, it's fancy now, Tony, man. I've got like, you know, music and all kinds of craziness going on in here. <laughs> so thanks to everyone. We will see you on Monday. We're out of here. Peace. See ya. We are out. <laughs> Get my Japanese on. Yeah. <laughs>